0: Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird, you made it weird, you made it weird, oh yeah. You made it weird, you made it weird, <laughs> yes, you, did. you made
1: it weird, made it weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You made it weird with it weird. Pete Holmes. <laughs> happening, weirdos! Uh, an amazing thing happened. I, I talked enough about the film "Dying to Know," which is about Richard Alpert, who of course later becomes Ramdas, and uh, Tim Leary, and Zach Leary uh, reached out to me over the old Facebook and uh, got me uh, an early copy of the film. I watched it; I loved it. And then we uh, kind of became internet friends, and we're talking about different things that we're into, and uh, ended up having them on the podcast, which you're about to hear. The uh, the first time we met in person. And ended up talking about his very, very interesting life, uh, his philosophies, his, his dad a little bit. And uh, all sorts of uh, trippy, weird things that I hope you enjoy as well. So let's get to that as quickly as possible. The ad is Squarespace. We know that Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 customer support. Building a website can be tough, and even if you do know your way around coding, creating something that looks good and works well is a time-consuming affair. Whether it's for a business site, a portfolio, a restaurant, or whatever else, in this day and age, you probably need one anyway. Well, lucky for us, Squarespace makes it easy to build beautiful websites without breaking a sweat. Squarespace provides simple, powerful, and beautiful website templates for you to work with. And not only that, but those templates are part of Squarespace's responsive design, which means your websites scale to look great on any device, further minimizing the hassles of making a website on your own. Every website you build comes with a free online store if you need it, just need something minimalistic and powerful. Their cover page feature allows you to set up a beautiful one page online presence in minutes. Seriously, you can't beat the ease and simplicity of Squarespace. They give you 24 7 customer support and a beautiful website for only eight bucks a month. You even get a free domain name if you buy Squarespace for the year. So, what are you waiting for? Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. And when you do decide to sign up for Squarespace, Make sure to use the offer code weird to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support of this podcast. Thank you Squarespace for your support of you made it weird Squarespace build it beautiful. Uh, all right everybody enjoy Zach Leary such a such a fun and uh, cool conversation. I hope you enjoy no tour dates go to petehomes.com uh, if you're looking for any t-shirts or anything like that any news uh, in the meantime I'm just gonna I'll be in New York which has been amazing so far. Get into it. That would be your, your chair, Zach. Uh, exactly. Where am that's, I out of the way? This is, that's the, uh, you're not the first. Okay. You're not the first to do it. In fact, we had one recently. You can put these on. It's like the show's happening. You don't have to uh, wear this. Uh, and I've been getting better at it, hmm. but it's another person. You know what I mean? And like... I'm aware of aerosol. I'm always kind of like checking in with him. So I suppose the problem would be if there's a guest. We're talking about if there's a guest because we'll record now. Uh, I'm – if you look bored or something, that's <laughs> when I start being like, oh, fuck my face. You know what I mean? That's when it starts – This to show off. sucks. Exactly. I'm, imagine just like – that's never really happened, but – there was one time there was a guy uh, that took photographs oh, during God. it, and no, I was just no, kind of no. like, this is, uh, you're fine. So what's your name again? John. John, okay. Yeah. Hi, John. Hi. How do you guys know each other?
0: Oh, God, we've just known each other, just uh, mutual friends around I L.A. Think a, you just, know? Today. Just, just today. Just today. We just met. met. We just had lunch <laughs> across the street. I love comics. <laughs>
1: you <laughs> love Chibo.
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he seemed like he was interested.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You've known each other uh, a long time, then. A few years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I don't. This is an exciting one for me. Thanks so much for. Oh man! Thanks
0: so much for having me. You know, it's. Are you a Le- big Lebowski fan at all, a little bit?
1: I, yes, but it's one of those movies, we could talk about that for a while, it's one of those okay. movies that eludes me a little bit.
0: But you know the legend goes with Sam Elliott, who plays the cowboy, the stranger? Yeah. In it. Like, I guess the legend goes when he was invited to do the movie, and he goes on set of the movie, he's like, what the hell am I doing here? I have no idea why I'm here. And because the movie so weird and yeah, so yeah, surreal, yeah. and he's dressed as a cowboy, yeah. I kind of feel like that a little bit. You know, I'm not a comedian, I'm not an entertainer, but you have a lot of
1: non comedians <laughs> yeah, on. Uh, but, you're welcome. You're very welcome. And okay. I'm excited. You know, you get you get people will be like, "Oh, I'd love to do it," and and sometimes you're just like, uh, for some reason. Your gut, or I guess we could say our hearts, say no.
0: Yeah, I was
1: just like, (laughs) and then with you, I watched the movie, and you're so kind to send it to me. Oh, cool! And it was like at the right time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Do you feel that like sometimes you're more open to new experiences, and other times you're less open to new experiences? And you hit me up when I was more open.
0: Yeah, I mean that's really that's I'm I'm really always trying to stay open to new experiences. I I mean, if nothing, if I'm as I get older. You know that is the one thing that that 's sort of like uh counterintuitive because you do get set in your ways, yeah, you know our habits are incredibly hard to break, I know as we get older it's kind of fucked up it's kind this of difficult. Is- <laughs> But, you know, as we can sort of pry ourselves open and open up our hearts and do new things. And
1: I always say this. This is this. The, uh, the dragon metaphor, the idea that you can just kind of hoard wealth and virgins and stay inside all day. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's lots of different ways to interpret the dragon, but that's my favorite way because I run a real risk of becoming a dragon. Like I think we all do, yeah. Netflix and Sure, and, of all course. This. and it's wonderful. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where we figure out maybe what we want, exactly what we want isn't really what's right for us. You know what I mean? Like living in these little uh, prisons that we call <laughs> homes. That's yeah. a little extreme. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like we sit in our homes or our apartments or whatever, and then we're like, okay, we like, what do we like? We like safety. Mm. Uh, we like to be entertained. We hate to be bored. Yeah. Uh, and then we want like food. So you have like delivery systems, like food delivery, entertainment delivery, and then you also have like the feeling of security. But then like is that, is that living? Is that living?
0: No, it's not. And, and it's a and it's a great, actually, conversation started with sort of the perils, the pros and cons of technology. Yeah. Because when we first started and started this revolution and it's like, oh my gosh, everything is on demand and right. every song, every video, every movie, every whatever, it's all on demand at the click of a button. Amazon's amazing. You can, you know, one-click ordering, it's going to yeah. be there tomorrow. Anything or you today. want. Or today. I ordered
1: something that's going to be there today. So, yeah,
0: that's fucking crazy. Enzymes. We to, uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and drones, which are going to, drop off things at your doorstep yeah, yeah. within an hour and yeah, all of yeah. these things it's yeah, yeah. great but um you know it's actually interesting i was finishing this book called alone together by uh, sherry turkle from um mit who's talking about the, the risks of, of of this kind of stuff i am a technologist through and through and yeah kind of kind of how i make my living sort of but um
1: what's a technologist you just like into it.
0: I'm just into you it. You don't resist it. I don't resist it. I'm an early adopter. I like to tell other people to be You're early a beta adopters. Guy? I'm a beta guy. I'm a <laughs> Alpha guy. Alpha is before beta. Man. Is that true?
1: Yeah. Uh, that, well, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm an omega guy. I get it when everybody already. Has but this it.
0: whole idea of being kind of a dragon inside of your lair and your domicile. It's like we need to connect.
1: I know. You know and, we and, need to connect. But then we found these ways. David Wayne just did the podcast yesterday, and he was talking about the bump that we get, literally like a little mm. like a drug like bump when we look at our phones, and it's it's completely. Understandable yeah. you know what I mean like i 'm not really into the uh, Illuminati per se, yeah, but I do like the idea of some sort of controlling force being like, how do we placate these guys, and the more like aware we got there I know this as a technologist, maybe this isn't the best thing <laughs> i don 't really believe this, but i 'm kind of like if you want to keep everybody kind of you know, not really rabble rousing, certainly not Timothy Learying. Yeah. If you'd had an iPhone, nothing would have happened.
0: Right. That's, that's <laughs> probably true. That's true. <laughs>
1: no, that, uh, certainly not true. In fact, you probably would have had a podcast. That's the other side of it. Yeah. You know, we talk about, like, imagine if uh, Ramdas, like, I, I'm i obsessed with Ramdas as cool. you are, yeah. and uh, I, I listen to him constantly. Uh, Experiments in Truth is the one that I just kind of burn through constantly. Imagine if that had been released as a podcast. Like, instead of like 500 hippies in uh, Irvine, California Mm -hmm. like, what if 100,000 people heard that the day he taught it? That's that's some crazy shit. Yeah, as our friend Duncan Trussell would say. Yeah. like Jack Kerouac and all these guys started a revolution in like coffee shops. So that's the plus, I suppose. That is the connecting side yeah. of technology. The, then the abuse of it maybe is uh, is sitting around and and what we do like food and salt and sugar and sex. Like I see tits and mm. I jerk off to pornography and yeah. and I even can write "Happy Birthday" on somebody's wall. And I'm, I'm not you know reinventing the wheel here. We've all thought this. But we get the synthetic sort of thing.
0: We do, and it's also one of the. But talking about podcasting, and it's it's one of the great sort of polarities in, in technology, I think, in that. Um, Yes, you know the, the the gatekeepers for for media are are coming down. You mm. know, like the amount of people that you reach, or Duncan reaches, or Rogan, whoever. Right. You know, it's like the gatekeepers are coming down, and these yeah. things are super <laughs> and, impactful.
1: And the first guys that sneak in are like Duncan, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> the first guys, are <laughs> family <laughs> hour, <laughs> <laughs> take mescaline, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and all these nuts come in. All these nuts come in, but it's also like
1: <laughs> nuts with, like us. I mean, uh, you know. yeah, it's all, it's
0: like <laughs> us, and you know, I'm. I'm only what like uh, twelve episodes into my own podcast, which I just oh, started. Oh, wow, what's it called? Com- it's called "It's All Happening." I love um, it. But it's this amazing excuse <laughs> to have name. a conversation with somebody, oh, buddy. You know,
1: I gotta tell you, I, I don't
0: sit down and do this like this with
1: people. Well, otherwise, again, David <laughs> Wayne was on yesterday. So David yeah. Wayne, somebody I admire, and then so I'm like, oh, I'd like to sit with David Wayne. I'd like to talk to David Wayne. And uh, I've said this many times: you couldn't just be like, would you like to sit down for two hours? Like that's too long for a lunch. But if, and, yeah. and we'd be looking at our phones. <laughs> we would. And like so we, we create this. like We literally have this treehouse yeah. where we, we don't climb a ladder, but we climb these stairs. And suddenly it's just a hardwood floor and branches out the window. And we just have to summer camp it. You know what I mean? Like we have nothing. And that's beautiful. And for me, I, I, I'm very grateful for that. I also i am fascinated with the idea that if it's not entertaining to people, yeah. if I'm not recording it for later use... If you had lunch with me, I'd probably be less engaging, or I'd run out of steam after 45 minutes. Absolutely. But because I know that people will listen to this and will talk about it and get excited about it, that keeps me able...
0: And there's excitement in the room, and we're engaging in like the oldest form of human activity. Right. Sitting in around this, the campfire talking.
1: In this really new way. In this really new way. in a very, As a technologist. Yeah. I'm just trying to use a new word <laughs> as a technologist myself, uh, I think that's very exciting, but you know how beautiful that seems to be uh evolution that's like rolling with it, yeah again, we have the the bad side, which is the isolation and the synthetic connection, but then we really do have true uh information exchange
0: yeah we do but i think like you and i specifically i mean what you're 38 or something 37
1: 36 yeah, 36
0: okay yeah i mean we, how dare you oh, <laughs> shit, man, man. No, but
1: i've but, never been one by the way one of those people that's i think it's cool to get older i do too. i really do do you do I,
0: I'm i'm pretty much into
1: it yeah i've always been like look at this i'm a man you'd believe me if i was a cop you know what i mean if i was like hey I'm a cop. When I was a kid, I was so fascinated with the idea that if I was like I'm a cop, they'd be like you're a child. What? You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah, some things about it are kind of weird. My body doesn't do the things that it used to do, yeah. Things like that. But I was going to say, like you and I are in this generation where we remember what it was like before. Mm-hmm. We grew up before the oh, te- that's a fun one, before the technology like revolution really like got into our daily lives. Right, right, every right. single we were moment the, and instant.
1: We were the rats that had regular water and the sugar water. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. We remember like. Sometimes it's nice to not just buzz on that, and we played Pac
0: Man water. and video games and yeah. Nintendo and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's yeah. no question. And I was an, on an Apple II in the '80s and things like that. But
1: Very it's going yeah.
0: But it's going to be interesting to see what happens with GGS. with. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, what are they calling them? The millennials, I guess is what they're called. Well, How I, are the millennials going to behave in you know a decade or two? It's going to be different.
1: It's a cozy chair for all of us to sit in, to sit where we are and look at the young people and go like, oh, they're completely fucked. I think that's what everybody's thought. Right? I don't know if they're completely fucked. I, I'm not
0: even looking at it like that. I just think the mutation of their of their spirit and of their behavior and of their connectivity is mutating before our very eyes. And,
1: I wonder if there's going to be yeah. a... a res- there almost is a resurgence to like... People, it, it looks ironic, but people that like rent VHS tapes and stuff, and, and like have <laughs> landlines and get rid of their cell phones, and, and like it's very like uh, in certain circles, in vogue to have like a flip phone, like just like a shitty flip phone, and resist that. Sort or of thing. vinyl,
0: you know, vinyl. Uh, it's, it's it's the only music format increasing in terms of monetary sales. Is that
1: right? Yeah. See, that makes sense to me. And then uh, Robbie Patel did this podcast, and he was talking about. I think it was him. Jesus, what if I'm wrong? But we were talking about the no, it wasn't. It was sorry. It was uh, uh shit. I'm forgetting his name. Josh. He's on How I Met Your Mother. His name is Josh Radner. Josh Radner. Yeah. Oh. See, I, I don't watch the show, so he's just Josh to me. He's just <laughs> Yeshua to <it> me. <laughs> so anyway, he was telling me about the idea of uh, these these like indigenous people that keep uh, the spirit alive, yeah. and that they're waiting for this inevitable. I think it, it's some sort of myth called like the eagle and the falcon or or something meaning like we'll just they're just watching us like let the line on the kite out further and further and further and like all these wonderful things bionic arms and and, uh special contact lenses that Mm. help me remember josh radnor's name and all that sort of stuff (laughs) and then they're like keeping the fire alive for like the inevitable return to people being like oh i i don't think uh i'm not satisfied yeah. That's the that that goes back to what we were saying at the beginning. It's like we need to at a certain point self parent and go, even though I'm doing everything that I want, I'm really not. This is cliche, but I'm really not getting everything I need. And sometimes you don't even know what it is you need. You're just kind of chasing
0: because you you're, your you're, wants you're chasing it and it's too quick. Our attention span, short attention span theater, all of these kinds of yep. things. And like you were talking about, you know, it is proven now that you get a serotonin hit when a text message goes off. Is that true? Yeah. You get a little burst in your head. I don't like this. Yeah. I, I don't like it either. I'm afraid. Yeah. I, I, I'm in it. I'm not even afraid because I'm, I'm too in it to be afraid. You know, it's like happening every day. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's such a drug. But that's why, and you know, I, I I know you're kind of into Ramdas too, but yeah. go, going back to these practices and kind of going back to our hearts and going back to stripping away the illusion of separateness is really important.
1: And I think it's so you crazy know. how quickly you can get back there and how quickly you can lose it. Uh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you can feel out, Aristotle. It's fine. That was, he was trying to leave so quietly. That was distracting. I was like, just leave. It's <laughs> fine. Our technician Aristotle just left.
0: But that's the practice, man.
1: I know. And that's why it's a practice. It's, it's, yeah. You know, I guess you could liken it to brushing your teeth or something. But I noticed that if I don't, if I don't listen to Ramdas or if I don't... Uh, meditate, or or whatever it might be. Uh, people that listen to the show have known that I've my current form of meditation, which I really love, actually is just looking at a tree. I've never really gotten <laughs> off on that. It's so much more simple. You know, if you start, if your mind starts to wander, you can throw the mantra in there. But like, it's just so much more relaxing to just be like, I'm going to look at this tree and not think anything. You well, know you know so what you mean?
0: sit in your backyard and you look at the yeah,
1: tree. Yeah, I sit in my front yard and
0: your front yard and yeah, you look deal at with tree. that. Okay, well,
1: but it's really really nice. And if I don't do that, and I know I love it. Mm. But then like I'll just stop doing – whatever the practice is, I'll stop doing it. And then all the things that I know to be true, for example, the thing like interconnectedness, soul awareness, all that sort of stuff that I really get into really does stop making sense. Hmm. Like suddenly – like if you leave that space, things that really rung your bell when you were in your practice will suddenly be like, what – Cause you're like, this doesn't have cheese on it. Mm. You know what I mean? This doesn't have colors, and it's not loud. It's it's all these like subtle things that require all this like shutting down of systems to get to.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the, fragile. It, it is very fragile. I mean, the equivalent for me when I'm doing my meditation practice, like the classic uh, existential like cliché new age visual comes to mind. Uh, you know, not every time, but sure. often enough, it's that I, I I'm able to sort of like look at my body from a from a bird eye view and keep going up and up and up and up until you realize you're just one of what 7.5 billion people spinning on this rock yeah and here we are hurling through space And if you look you know pull out the, more. if yeah, if you pull out more and if you look <laughs> at you know the the, the map of uh, of the earth from outer space you know the, there's no islam there's no christian there's no right. iraq there's no america there's just a bunch of people on this rock hurling right you know there's no rich there's no poor there's there's just us and we're we're in this together and we're sharing this consciousness together right and and here we all are yeah and and that I think that's plant, it planet planet you know?
1: consciousness is a good one planet consciousness i, I mean people for, i know people say cosmic but just like let's start with planet consciousness yeah I, uh, you know what i mean i absolutely. think people get overwhelmed if yeah. you want to start zooming out real 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 far and Suddenly the Milky Way is part of another galaxy. Like, Uh I lose my interest. But if you just remember that, um, and it's something I love to talk about, is is that we are on this thing. Zoom out is a good mantra. It's like zoom out. Because we we do get so self-centered. And we do get so, like, itch-scratchy. Horny pornography. Hungry takeout board netflix you know i love netflix and i love the
0: the movie of me as christian calls it you know we're always waking up we're starring writing producing in the movie of me yeah and we believe all of our thoughts yeah you know like as if all of our thoughts are real
1: well that kind of goes back to what i'm saying is like we we're listening to our minds as if our minds know what we want that's what it is
0: right so your
1: mind goes give me safety and you're like i'll stay in your mind goes uh your dick is horny and you go oh, I'll jerk off. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be crude. I'm just saying your mind is governing and then when you look at somebody like Rami D, yeah. I know we should be we're supposed to, <laughs> you know, uh, tradition says we should be talking about your dad, but we're going to talk <laughs> about Rami. If you look at somebody like Rami D uh, and and these guys that are kind of like uh have a have a precious respect for the moment and stuff and and want to get outside of the mind and start calling the mind this like deceiving sort of lying. Well, they want to get
0: into consciousness, right? Which is really, if you're, once you're in consciousness, you can separate yourself from a mind and get into the witness space. And, Oh, wow. Whose mind is this anyway? Right. You know, and then you're,
1: (laughs) I love that stuff. I've always liked to say I'm, I'm stuck in here, meaning my body. I'm I'm stuck in here, but I'm also, and this is something that old Rami D has helped me with is like, I'm also stuck in this, You could say I'm stuck in this karma. I'm also stuck in this personality. You know what I mean? Like I I have inherited, Mm. for better or worse, certain things that just are my brain's idea of who I am. Mm. And I can step outside of that, but then there's also something w- really wonderful about going, and I'm also an American, and I'm also a tall man. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm also, you know, I like these foods, and I like this type of book. You know what I'm saying? And so, you're
0: a funny man. That's, and, part, and of, that's a, part of your dharma.
1: Exactly. And I'm a, I'm a, a funny fu- a funny guy. Yeah. It's it's like Ram Dass first mushroom trip. You start seeing all the, uh, the incarnate, all the, I guess, the levels of who you are. Yeah. So if I had Ram Dass's Mushroom Trip, for those of you who don't know, he saw uh, you know, himself over in the corner as a scholar. And then he saw himself as a pilot. And then, so I would see myself as, oh, there's Pete with a microphone. He's doing stand-up. Yeah. And then that dissolves. And then what's left of this? Oh, there's Pete, the kind of like loud person or whatever it is. And he started <laughs> watching all of those things go away until his body disappeared. But he was still aware, Mm. of course his body didn't disappear, he perceived his body to disappear, I didn't have to say that, but then he was like, but here I still am, sort of thing. And I I think that's very interesting.
0: Very interesting, very difficult too, because it really brings up the idea of, of the roles you have to play yeah and and being content in the roles that you have to play yeah you know i mean you're obviously you know you're very self-assured you're like okay i'm, I'm a comic i'm a podcaster I'm, you're pretty good at this right you know you found a little groove that's working for yourself
1: i have this repeated every time yeah. i come on stage like he's a podcaster he's a comedian <laughs> like it's a little reminder most people don't get such an on-the-nose reminder
0: yeah but those little roles you play <laughs> and you know and i think m- most of us are kind of uh, most of the people on this planet are, are kind of flailing around a little bit like, right shit you know we we've taken birth here we're in this incarnation, we're and we're you know we're not content in, in these roles that we have to play, right? And there's kind of an old uh, you know Buddhist parable, and that's like the world needs ditch diggers too. Yeah. So you know the practice really gets into it. It's like wow, right. be the best ditch digger that you can possibly fucking be. But to and that's to, great. That's to, a good thing.
1: Krishna does is you know? right that idea of nothing's happening anyway.
0: Nothing's happening anyway, and <laughs> and and if you're too attached to the things that you believe are happening. Take a look at that,
1: right? You know, zoom out,
0: zoom out, man. Well, and, and we live in Los Angeles, which is a hyper intensified magnifying glass. Of course, stuff. you know. I mean, we're always comparing and contrasting and checking out the hot waitress at the, at the, at the restaurant sure. who, just, who just served me lunch, or you know, the car is nice, and my car is dirty. It's like, oh my god, you know, just all of it. It's just yeah. you're, you're flailing in the wind here. Well, it's a
1: place you that know? helps you commoditize, 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 commoditize. <laughs> you, you know, make a commodity of yeah. who you are. Yeah. So you have general meetings and you're like, hello, I'm from Boston. My father's an oil man and my brother makes hip hop beats. <laughs> and they're like, that sounds like a show. You know what I mean? So we become masters of knowing ourselves. And there's something kind of nice because as old Rami D says, before you can be nobody, you have to be somebody. Yeah. And there is something about kind of nailing down who you are. So you can start to zoom out from that.
0: Uh, you know, the old, uh, there's a great old jazz metaphor. Um, you got to get in to get out. Oh wow. uh, And it's sort of like you have to learn to play inside. You have to learn to play, you know, the, play the the transitions and the chords, and and really learn how to behave inside the structure yeah. before you can get out and start breaking the rules and get to or- Ornette Coleman and
1: oh, wow. get way way
0: out there. And it, it's a really good that. one. I'm going to yeah. write that
1: down. You're going to get in. Again again. That's a really interesting idea mm. because I think something that maybe turns people off. About the the spiritual pursuit is the idea that you can't even have a personality or you can't even be a person. Yeah. And and Ram Dass talks about that a lot. He's like the complete renunciate path of of being like, I'm not going to even participate. Like uh, a friend of mine has uh, cancer. Mm. I just found out. It's very Mm. sad. Mm. And, you know, I'm trying to be like, on one hand, there's the trip, I suppose, of of the agony and the the sadness and of course the empathy and the compassion and and you do all the things like that's such a thing where you're like you talk you tell them your your cancer stories you know what i mean and and you tell them something comforting and and even in my little way i'm like well you know you need to remember that you're you're the light not the bulb sort of thing and try try and observe this sort of stuff but then the real renunciate would be like like when Ram ramdas talks about your father's death mm. uh he goes i'm i'm fine because i'm not pushing against it like i'm not chasing that trip it's another thing it's like he always says it's scuba diving or or skydiving or or, or orgies or whatever also it's getting involved in the muck and the drama and being like oh my god you broke up with dan you know what i mean and the and the spiritual person is like you were never with Dan. <laughs> there you were is never no with Dan. Dan. There's no Dan. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so he loses. And that's, yeah. that's the thing that uh, Ram Dass talks about. We don't want to give up. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, well, you don't want to give up attachment. You know, I mean, it, it, that's, that's the very nature of it. It's that, especially with clinging to personalities and health and and friends, you don't want your friends to die. I right. mean, it's, it's, that's difficult stuff. But. That's why, you know, the the spiritual pursuit and almost every single spiritual tradition, no matter what it is, is very concerned around the nature of death. You know, know, Judeo-Christian stuff has very like heaven or hell stuff, but it's very much based on... Oh, you got to be a good person because when you die, you're going to be judged. Right. And then the afterlife is that whatever. And that, but even that's, that
1: structure, even though it's terrifying when you think about it, yeah. it gives you some sort of comfort because you're, it, you're it, out there without a rudder and no compass. It does.
0: And, and if you kind of dial it back a little bit and stop being so militant, it's kind of a decent way to live, I think. And yeah. you know, I'm certainly, it can more, be. I sure. can be sure. But then if you kind of take, you know, Hindu or Buddhist or Eastern structures of it, it's just, it's, it's more concerned about like the, the relationships with energy, you yeah. know, this energy is just cycling in and out and In and out, in and out, and Shiva Shakti, and Shiva Shakti, and all of this stuff. What's
1: Shiva Shakti mean?
0: Well, Shiva is like the complete, you know, the infinite, the great, infinite, like loving purveying force of the universe okay, that so is life all know- energy. life that is yeah. all knowing all intelligent that governs everything shakti is the manifestation of it here within uh, us it's see. that energy that we could have because shiva is so great you can't even talk about it. it's too infinite to even comprehend it's a
1: metaphor shiva is a metaphor sh- shiva is a me- metaphor yeah, but yeah. you know i don't mean to discredit shiva i'm just um, saying a, because with, it's so big and unknowable yeah. we're like we call it shiva yeah, I but, don't think anybody's. In this country, we go metaphor, we just mean, oh, so it's baloney. It's just a word for the thing that nobody can understand. Yeah. And it helps us to have and an there, object. There
0: are personal, uh, you know, the personification of Shiva, who is yeah. the king of all yogis, living in the mountains, and all, all this kind of stuff. But, but then the Shakti is like, oh, this is the applicable force that you and I can use. You know, mm-hmm. we can take that life force and, and use it to govern our own lives. Right. You know,
1: our little, our little taste.
0: Our, our little taste, yeah. rather than just trying to comprehend the impossible. Right. which is really what you know that where people get lost in spirituality and the concept of god right and you know and that's why sometimes these avatars are, are, are important
1: I, absolutely. Yep. Well, what do you do with So your dad uh, was Timothy Leary, mm. and uh, he's a song. He's a song. <laughs> he's a song by the by <laughs> Moody, the Moody Blues. Blues. And he's dead. <laughs> and the song's dead. And the song's dead, too? Is he dead in the song?
0: He's, Timothy Leary is dead. He's oh, is that the line? That's the line. He's floating on the outside looking in.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should do my Moody Blues reference <laughs> research before I do that joke. But he is dead, so yeah, it's Yeah, okay. he's a dead man. He's a dead person. Yeah. Uh, and he, he was very intentional in his death. And and, and like. Was. Like yeah. Ramdas, who does a lot of hospice work and all this sort of stuff yeah I'm I used to growing up Christian, I was obsessed with why wouldn't we spend the, all of our lives making sure we're not going to hell and making sure other people aren't going to hell that mm. makes sense okay. but I was really confused if that's if that's your worldview. I was really confused with like why we weren't all doing that, you know what I mean I was like why we're, we're,
0: why't we we're, we're all doing what?
1: saving people
0: oh saving people okay. if we
1: really yeah. truly believe that mm. if, if you don't have uh christ in the way that i you're understand gonna die and you to go to hell and, you're gonna die right. and you'll burn forever right. so this is nothing and this is just stupid so that's the only purpose of life and now I, i've moved to a place where i'm like why aren't we all talking about how to have like a conscious uh meaningful life and death death being a part of that and that seemed to be something your dad was big into
0: he was i mean he was into it uh, well especially at the end um you know, before uh, before he got really sick, um, it was actually, you know, he took a little bit of a different turn. He was one of the early poster childs for uh, cryonics. Right. Just freezing yourself. Didn't he do that? No, he didn't. He didn't? No, he didn't. He didn't. We canceled it about two months before he died.
1: Because I was thinking about the scene, because I've seen the movie uh, yeah. Dying to Know twice. Yeah. You were kind enough. I've, I've seen it like two and a half times. Oh, cool. I love it. Yeah. And I was thinking about – it sounded like Ram Dass was there and counseling you guys. He you was, yeah. had that line where it was more about you being comforted than – Yeah,
0: he, he was fine. And
1: Timothy. Tim was fine. And then Tim. And then uh, – uh, what was I about to say? Oh, but then I was like – it kind of made me sad to think that as soon as this wonderful scene, your dad's uh, last words and surrounded by friends and there's a fiddle. If I die and there's a fiddle in the room, I, I did it. <laughs> I did it. Yeah. Oh, look, that woman's playing the fiddle. That's all right. So, so here's this beautiful thing, and, and there's uh, Ramna's and, and family and friends, and I was like, gorgeous. And then I was like, then did weird scientists run in and like no. spray him with a fire extinguisher? You no. know what I mean? Like it, it made me sad <laughs> to think that here's the most hippie death, and then there's the most kind of like materialist death.
0: Yeah, and that's right. that's sort of one of the reasons why we we backed away from it at the last minute. It kind of got to be a little bit. And all due respect to the cryonics uh, scientists, of which they're it's an interesting thing to explore. Yeah. But they really had a god complex, and they got really creepy, weird scientist sort of vibe. Kind of at the house, they moved the equipment into the living room, and the RV was parked in the driveway. Like the yeah.
1: FBI watching. You know? Yeah, and it was kind of like, whoa, this is kind of this is yeah. kind of
0: trippy, you know? Yeah, and uh, and very disconcerting. So you got an so.
1: eerie feeling from the people. who... Who make a living freezing people's heads. Freezing people's <laughs> heads. Yeah. You know, yeah. But so they were there, though. When he died? I mean, they were around up until. They the, were around up until like the last month. And then. Then we y- kicked them out. The your same. dad was like, like, I'm not into this.
0: Yeah. Right. We just were like, I'm not into this. And, and he, but it wasn't that it's just he was just saying that, look, I'm, I'm not into this. And, you know, I don't want to come back or the weird science thing. I think he sort of took a spiritual turn and that. Well, what am I attached to anyway? Mm. You know? I'm cool with, with, with going. I'm fine. I'm, right. You know, just stepping into the great unknown and, and making the transition. He's sort of more made peace with that. Right. Rather than a reflection on, on cryonics right,
1: right, in right. and of itself. There's that great moment yeah. in the movie where they talk about uh Ramdas is like what what is the analogy he makes? I'm sure you may I just watched it literally this morning. Oh. So I should know this. But they're talking about uh, acid trips. Yeah. And uh when you're in there it's just so clear that we're only seeing So such a tiny percentage like a .001% of like what's going on even around us just like in in reality and all the different dimensions and awarenesses and subtle energies and stuff and you Mm -hmm. take acid and you're like oh shit I was wrong it's pretty magnified yeah and then he's like but then when you die you just go there and you stay there it's like the big it's the big wee of of stepping into that kind of amazing consciousness and remaining Mm -hmm. instead of getting kicked out yeah constantly
0: I mean that's that's the goal. That's the idea. Yeah. I mean you know, that's what that's what we're all, that's what everybody's talking about. But even, you know, Ramdas even uh, it's not it's not covered in dying to know, but it's covered in fierce grace. You know, when he Well he's afraid to die. Well yeah, he had the stroke, you know, yeah. and he's lying there on the ground thinking here he's I gonna am, die. Mr. Spiritual. And here I am, Mr. Spiritual, and I failed the test. I yeah. flunked the
1: test. Yeah. It means you know? I have more work to do. I'm familiar with that film right. as well. Right. All, oh God, I cry every time. So good. It yeah. breaks my heart yeah. every single time. Fierce but, Grace is the name of that. You're name.
0: going to a Maui in December?
1: I sure hope so. I'm filming yeah. this pilot in November, and oh. I haven't yet asked if I can go. Oh, I have. I'm paid and ready. Signed up. Oh it's man, all I, ready. I hope you can go. I yeah. would be shocked. I don't even want to. Talk. I don't want to jinx it or make anybody feel bad if I do end up having to like edit or something or be around. But I'm just like. Can I just go be with Romdus for, <laughs> for ten days or whatever? It not is? even five days. Is it five days?
0: Yeah, uh, five days, six nights or something. Yeah. Really? Yeah.
1: Please, I gotta be there. You could do it. I can watch on my lap, although I really wouldn't Judd, want it's going to
0: go, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> it's going to be fine.
1: Well, Judd loves Ramdas. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. right. I know. He's you know, into all that stuff. So
0: Yeah, yeah he is. But just, I, mean, I just was saying, I mean, being around him is really a, a, a wonderful exercise. Just kind of being around the light and being around somebody who is, uh, he's been in a wheelchair for 17 years I know, now. That's crazy. Because of the stroke. And this is somebody before who was, you know, he was tall. He was practically your height, very mm-hmm. virile, very physical, and an amazing orator, as you well know know yeah and he stepped back into this completely different role yeah you know we're just and watching this this grace and watching this behavior it's re- it's a cool thing to see and he talks
1: know? about old Rami D talks about how old uh, that now he's really able to be still mm. and now I'm gonna like we have mold in my uh, house And I'm afraid of mold because a friend of mine got Bell's palsy from mold, which is where half your face becomes paralyzed. So I'm going around and I'm like, (laughs) yeah, I know. He says it was from mold. I did some research. I was like, I can't tell if it, Mm. if you get it from mold Mm. and it's basic mold. It's not even like crazy black mold. It's like new mold. It's like cheese at this point. (laughs) You could eat this mold. (laughs) Uh, and it's behind my fridge. It's not like we're always around it or anything. Anyway, I've become really uh, obsessed, and this is, like, a weird thing, with getting Bell's Paul, That that is what the form my anxiety has taken, going, Pete, you're about to film this pilot. You're about to, like, live in this uh, heightened reality, and it's amazing, and it's everything you wanted. And what if I, uh," meaning the universe, the mischief of the universe is like, what if I uh, make half your face not work? Mm-hmm. Uh, like you know what I mean?
0: this is your neurosis. this is how it manifests
1: so like yeah i okay. I do a good job in the conscious time, but you know I woke up at like four a m and I was just kind of like, what if my face goes numb it's it's silly i and I try to acknowledge that it's silly, but then I realize that you know like it's the same it's the same thing that's your cancer diagnosis, and then you're but I want to go to France, you know what I mean, or whatever it is mm-hmm. that 's not my friend i 'm just saying another person, so you're always kind of like you always have that next thing, and then here's Ramdas and he's Really out there doing a lot of amazing things, and then it's like he gets stroked, and then and then he's like, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with this." It's like it's like a billion percent Bell's palsy, yeah. uh, and uh, and he was doing things far more important than pilot. You know what I mean? He was out there. He was helping people, helping yeah. dying people, and yeah. and helping living people. And then you know he gets a nudge from the from the mischief, and, and then there there he is,
0: and there he is, and shining as bright as ever. And, <laughs> you know,
1: I mean, which is which Sorry, is which, this off. you
0: know, it's fine. I mean, which is you know, I mean, he claims to be, and you know, I've spent a lot of time with him in the last few years. I mean, he he claims to be perfectly content, mm. and there have been many opportunities where he could have checked out. You know he gets this infection that reoccurs and all this, yeah. kind of, all this kind of shit. But
1: Checked out meaning just stop to, fighting and just stop fighting be an and assault? die. And,
0: no, check out and just stop fighting and die. Or and, check and, out. Yeah, that. Kind I thought of check
1: you were out. like, <laughs> you know what? I'm Richard again, and I'm a real dick. Get it? It's funny,
0: my mom used to call him a dicky. <laughs> really? My mom was the only person in the world who could get away with calling him dicky. Uh, he feels like a dicky.
1: Well, he's he, from that time. He's from that time. And you know, he's, what and mean? he's a little gay. you yeah, know. Yeah, so yeah. there's a little bit of. I never like... knew Ramdas was gay. That w- that was a that. Your uh, movie, Dying to Know, was the first time I really saw him be like, my homo... I had heard, like, rumors that he was bisexual or something. I don't know. Well, he has a kid. And he has a kid. Yeah. So he clearly had been with at least one woman. Well, at that time, in in the 50s and, you know... Not
0: not a not a good life to be yeah. out of the closet. Yeah. You know, especially if you're going the straight route of trying to be a Harvard professor.
1: And sometimes the closet is a vagina. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> <No>. it is.
0: <laughs> if you can find the key to the closet, yeah. I guess, you
1: know. <laughs> Back in the but- day they had chastity belts. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you mean. Um what were you we- oh, so uh, no. and a very how did his gayness just come up?
0: Oh my mom! My mom used to call him Dicky. Oh, that's saying. right. Yeah, because he's
1: kind of like uh, I guess the word would be flamboyant or he's not really flamboyant. Oh, he's not, he's not, just not, kind of
0: he's not really it just was kind of a way to jab at his humanness. Yeah, know? yeah, and like, yeah. Oh, you're stop being Romedoff's for a second. But I you think know? there
1: is something interesting about all sexuality is kind of like like if you're a monk, it's yeah. just kind of assumed you don't do any fucking. And then here is Ramdas. Yeah. And I, I don't want to never put it on path. you yeah. to speak for him, but mm. it wasn't as bad. So he's out there. He's being with people. He's he's occasionally eating yeah. spaghetti and and fucking somebody. Yeah. Having absolutely. I
0: mean he was never, you know, when you get especially into the Hindu traditions, you know, and you start really getting deep into it, the option always comes up as whether or not you're going to go the brahmachari route. And right? brahmachari means monk and celibate and yeah. a, a life of renunciation. Yeah. And I think for a moment, for a minute in 1967, that was an option. For yeah, yeah, sure, of course. I mean, that's always presented to you as, as a route to, uh, you know, to moksha, to liberation. Yeah. too You know, and for some people, not everybody is built that way.
1: Well, then he renounced renunciation. Then he
0: renounced <laughs> renunciation. But I do know, I know some, <laughs> some, some some swamis in various traditions and who are, you know, who are really good at that role. Yeah. You know, it's not for everyone.
1: Certainly not for everybody. Yeah.
0: Really. And, I, and to me, on a, you know, if I have to pick any one thing that I love about Ramdas so much is that... The humanity of him and his humanness and his just the basic relationships and constructs of how we are living in the material world in the West in the twentieth and twenty first centuries: sexuality, drugs, food, consciousness, roles, work, all of these things. And that's that's the area where he plays with. Yeah, you know, it's not so aspirational to where you're just like. I mean, if you go see an Indian guru and he's just talking about enlightenment, right? 99% Ninety-nine percent of us are going to be like, "Well, that doesn't really mean anything to me, right? You know, that's just some esoteric concept." And I heard about the Buddha sitting under the tree, and he just—that's an esoteric thing. I mean, yeah. you know, it's not going to happen to me this time around, right? You know what I mean? So, I want to know how to. How can I still be a happier, more content, more you know, a, a, a better human being, and be a little bit more in touch with without my, going to the mountains, without going to the mountains, and you know, focusing on. I heard something else recently. Maybe, I don't know where it was. Oh, it was on my podcast uh, about Krishna Das talking about um, focus on queens, not Dharmasala.
1: Not Dharmasala, what's that? Dharmasala
0: mean? is a city in
1: India where the Buddha got <laughs> enlightened. focus on queens. Not
0: th- don't worry about Dharmasala. not You know, Hare Krishna out in the mountains and, 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 and the Himalayas and stuff. I mean, that's all fine and well. and yeah. so It's a cool experience to do, but you know. I'm not ready to be a renunciate, right? I'm, I'm have all sorts of demons and, and things and things that I've had to claw through in my life, and I need to learn how to work on this, right? And that's what spirituality has taught me,
1: you, like a practical sort of
0: thing. a practical approach, you know, right? A very you know, and it's helped me conquer, well, wrestle in a more peaceful way with a lot of my demons.
1: What are your demons? Oh,
0: <laughs>
1: like mainly
0: addiction stuff, drugs. Yeah, yeah a lot of substance abuse problems and some booze. Some, no, harder stuff than that, man.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm over it now. Like a... I'm
0: clean and, and sober and
1: all Didn't that kind Krishna stuff. Didn't Krishna Das do uh, heroin and stuff as well? Freebase. Freebase. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, he got into that. I don't want to... <laughs> uh, this isn't an expose podcast, but oh, <laughs> whatever no. you want to talk about, Oh, I'm you interested. know, it's, I, I had a terrible heroin
0: problem at one yeah. point in my life. That started... How right old were you? So, I'm um, right around when my dad died. Right around when I was about 22 years old.
1: Because I... Uh, certainly not... Hmm. As simple as finding a reason why, one reason why someone does heroin, but it had to be a hard time.
0: It was a very hard time. I don't think there's any one, like you say, there's no one reason why somebody finds heroin. But the um, difficult thing about him dying was not him dying. It was that the phone stopped ringing. What do you mean? When, well, he was a really, he was a larger than life character. Right. Extremely um, charismatic and, and... pretty famous so
1: he's a hurricane person and and you're oh inside of that hurricane well,
0: you're inside of that hurricane everything came to you all your girlfriends all of your jobs your whole entire social scene <laughs> everything like, was
1: with girlfriends it's very uh,
0: honest god i know well everything's just, was built into that construct of, yeah of, of timothy leary what and see stuff. man i you know? said
1: i go around and they say this guy's a comedian and a podcast host you may have seen him on blah 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 <laughs> you have a fucking name I have a name. It's yeah. your name. I, I guess. Uh, yeah. I'm. I'm fascinated uh, with weak, terrible moments where I flash my showbiz card, uh, where I try and get in something, or or try and uh, get some sort of. It, it's rare, and it's it's humiliating. But there are moments hey, where you're man. like, I'm. Uh, I'm Pete Holmes. You know what I mean? It's never worked. I remember one time I tried to get into a VIP lounge at LAX because I needed to record voiceover for the E-Trade Baby. I was the voice of the E-Trade Baby. So I needed a quiet space. So I went up to this woman and I was like, can I get in here? I I, I need to record something. And she was like, I'm sorry, it's first class people only. I was like, I'm the E-Trade Baby. (laughs) (laughs) And she... Had never heard of it. So a man was just like, I'm a baby. And she was like, double no, you can't come in. So there had to, and again, you don't have to tell those stories, but, you know, couple, couple cocktails, hot woman, and you're like, Leary. And it's not Dennis. Uh,
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure, of course. Oh, my God, of course there's been been those moments. Yeah. Mainly it's been for concert tickets. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> What's wrong with that? I mean, I, I like good seats at concerts. Yeah. So I, I've, I've played that card a few times. So, but, th- so but, what
1: What a great expression. The phone stopped ringing.
0: Yeah, so basically, like, you know, my entire world died with him. You know, it's a lot of people. I'm not, you know, this isn't a, an insult on anybody who was around during that time. Mm-hmm. I love a lot of them dearly to this day. But... My world went along with it. You know, people weren't calling me to, to kind of hang out. You know, right. And everything just, I was sort of like, oh my God, how do I function? Yeah. Like, and it was, and I don't mean this as a comedic element. I didn't know how to pay a bill. Mm. Like, I didn't know how to write a how check. How old were you? 22.
1: See, I know I, when I got married, my wife did all that. I was very codependent, yeah. and she knew how to do that stuff. I didn't know how to get a job, find an apartment, write it, pay a bill.
0: Didn't know how to do any of that stuff. Yeah. I like, literally didn't know how to open up the checkbook and look at the bill, and wait. I was just like, whoa, wh- what do I do here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so, um, God, heroin's a great solution for that uh, at the
1: moment. If you, know, you really care uh, yeah. about that stuff, yeah. I believe heroin will fill the frame.
0: It, it, for, for a minute until it gets ugly and you kind of uh, look at the mirror of yourself and realize this can't go on anymore.
1: So. How did you find it? Like, what... You don't just have heroin.
0: Oh, man. Hollywood in the early 1990s was that...
1: You just went to the streets?
0: No, it's just... It was everywhere, I mean... It was everywhere? Dude, I mean, when you were hanging at the Viper Room in 1993, 94, 95... What you know? I mean, this was a, this was a kind of a the last golden age of
1: of heroin. Of of like social heroin.
0: It's social heroin. And
1: I've never cocaine. heard of social heroin. I've heard of social cocaine. Were people snorting it or were they? You can't do heroin at the Viper Room. <laughs> you, you could then. Is that how uh, yeah, River? I think, Re- River well, I think died? River
0: was on about a gazillion things when he actually died, and and I don't think Johnny would appreciate me kind of writing a viper room expose at the moment but yeah, yeah. it was a debaucherous <laughs> time it was a crazy time but
1: you know. i mean uh johnny owns a viper room i'm not mm. trying to shit on an establishment mm. but let's go to another bar it's a pretend bar and it's called the baloney pajamas yeah and uh it's a neon sign and it's a man wearing pajamas and then when it animates there's a dog biting his leg because it's baloney pajamas. <laughs> so you're at the baloney pajama in 1994 <laughs> yeah and uh, someone has heroin, is it feasible that people would just shoot up at the no, bologna no no. no. no,
0: we kept smoking it. I got started smoking Oh, you smoke it? Yeah.
1: See, that's. I, yeah. I don't and mean I, to I, I take in delight in this dark period of no, your ne- time, but I'm like, oh, that yeah. fills in a gap for me. I'm like, heroin is such a crazy thing, but okay, so I, I
0: never got into needles or anything like that. Yeah.
1: Oh, you got real into hardcore smoking and yeah. never were like, take no. this to the next.
0: Never, thank God. Yeah. You know, I'm healthy, disease free, and been clean, you know?
1: So for a while you bought, you you got it in the scene and then you smoked it and then you it it and, it got you.
0: And it just spirals. Right, right away? No, people, not right people away. People love
1: to say that heroin's one of those. You do it once and you're nope, addicted and not
0: right away. It took a while.
1: Although I remember Kurt Cobain uh, yeah. said the first time he did it, he shot it up and it made him so sick that he never wanted to do it again. Yeah,
0: really interesting. And actually for me it actually took a friend. Um, who also ended up uh, getting horribly addicted, who was buying it, who was a lot wealthier than I was. Mm -hmm. And I was just kind of using with him socially. And all of a sudden, he just kept buying it and buying it and buying it and buying it and always having it around. Mm -hmm. And and I didn't even know what was going to happen. And one day, I kind of woke up and I was like, feeling like I had the worst flu and headache and nauseous. And I was like, oh, my Mm -hmm. God, what is going on here? What is this? And I was like, oh, my God. This is heroin addiction. Oh,
1: I'm in it now. Oh, oh my, God, my God. You know? You just literally... It's just another moment.
0: It's just another moment. And to then, you, you think you know, it's going to be
1: like a movie, and you, and you watch it, like, third person, like, there I am, withdrawals and sweaty. But oh. it's just you. It's just you, and it happened.
0: It's just you, and it happened, and then you immediately get that feeling of, like, wow, how did I get here? How did I let this happen? You know? It's this? And, and basically, I think the, the way most people get clean or, or sober, whatever you want to call it, is you kind of come to that realization of, like this isn't my path. There has to be something else for me in this this incarnation besides this, you know?
1: And that was it. Uh, That's the moment. You just had a moment where you're like, it it can't be this.
0: It can't be this. I know it's not this. I don't know what it's going to be, but I know it isn't this. I know this isn't my lot in life to be, you know, writhing on the ground and throwing up and having withdrawals and trying to find ways and means to get more.
1: And then how did you get clean?
0: Um, Treatment and then 12 step.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Now, i there's no judgment here. Was it something, do you think you were, this is what I feel like my mom would ask. Well, did your dad do no. heroin? No, 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 did no. Did you no. see your dad, <laughs> Wild Man Leary, doing H-
0: yeah, and of course, it's, but, I mean, it's, it's always a difficult thing to talk about, and just since we are talking about this unexpectedly, it's really an important thing because I brought this up many times in some public forums, and of course, so many people are like, oh, of course, Timothy Leary's right, kid. Got right. strong. I'll, of course, look at, right. look at him, but no, not the case. He yeah. was very anti-junkie. Yeah. He's very anti-addiction. Well,
1: he's anti-Hate Ashbury too. It seemed like the the whole <laughs> like when George Harrison yeah, went uh, to Hate Ashbury and it was like, yeah, "All these people thing? are just taking acid and, and
0: and they're dirty and scuzzy and, and dancing." Sleazy. Yeah. So and and yeah. and in
1: your film, it's very clear that he's like. I believe that um, marijuana, and I'm trying to do your dad. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying good. to do your '60s dad. First attempt. Yeah. But he talks about like the laws are correct or whatever, you yeah. know. And, and so he doesn't seem like that. Although, and he wasn't like that. He
0: really, really wasn't like that. And if he lived long enough to see me kind of go down that road, he would have been profoundly disappointed. Yeah. And like I, I, I blew the promise, you know. The promise of what he was talking about in the 60s was the intelligent application for adults to change their consciousness. Like Andrew
1: uh, Wheel.
0: Andrew Weil. Weil.
1: Weil. uh, Again, I talked about this with David Wayne. We were talking about how Mm. he's very honest in the film, and I really love that. Yeah. Where he's like, psychedelics uh, have great potential to expand consciousness and help you even heal inside And then he was like, uh, the only damage is uh, potentially psychological, like you could have some sort of scary experience or whatever. You could.
0: Yeah. Sure, of course. There's always pitfalls.
1: Well, let's talk about, uh, I'm assuming, again, like another knucklehead in some audience that you're speaking at. Did you do acid with your dad? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not interested in that as as much as I'm interested in what your thoughts are on psychedelics. Especially as a sober person.
0: Uh, they're they're great. Nothing but positive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think psychedelics. Uh, you know, I would, with no means, uh, would go on the record saying they are for everybody, and everybody should immediately drop out and take acid tomorrow. But I think you are, if you are of that ilk, where you are looking to. Open up your consciousness and flip it around and come in through the back door and look at it through a different way and realize that most of the shit that's around us right now is all somewhat of an illusion mm. that you can kind of, you know, dance within different realms of, of different viewpoints. Mm-hmm. All it's doing is giving you a different it's viewpoint. It's just,
1: oh, Captain, my captain. You're <laughs> just standing on your desk. Yeah, you're looking it, at everything exact. differently.
0: You're just looking at everything differently. Yeah, and there are uh, so. Oh, your dad
1: knew. Uh, there's that photo. Yeah, of him yeah and sure. Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: Robin was awesome during my childhood.
1: Is that right? Yeah, he was great. I'm sorry. I, great. I'm not trying to make this a name drop. No, thing, but no. That's he, interesting. He, I mean, yeah, he had awesome. to have been into this sort of idea as well, like expanding your consciousness. What was your was, yeah. What was your first? Uh, I've never taken LSD. Mm but I, I'm assuming you did and what was did. That? what was that like
0: yeah um, I well you know I'm I'm kind of one of those people I started following the Grateful Dead around when I was like 14 is that right yeah so I don't really remember my what was, what was the very first trip but because I, you were, it just, I was. It, it just started so young, too young.
1: How old uh, were you? Uh, four, Fourteen.
0: Fourteen, oh, yeah, wow. which is really too young, and he did not approve at all, and and all of that. And I was just, uh, you know, following the band around the.
1: Country. Did you find it in yeah. your dad's <laughs> closet?
0: <laughs> no, and, Sorry, and I'm uh, Gra- gonna... Grateful Dead parking lot kind <laughs> of stuff. Yeah.
1: I always it was, yeah. like. It's so interesting to me that like you want to find like. <laughs> There's no way to, like, regulate it. So somebody's like, this is, like, blue sunshine, and it's very paranoid uh, low, and it's mellow, and it's a sort of... It's like an ecstasy feel, and you're like, who... This is some guy named Trench, you know what I mean? That's, that's <laughs> kind of like, yeah, man. And then he accidentally gave you uh, Agent Orange or something, you know what I mean? And you're having some other thing. So it's it, it's mm. even now, as, as a grown man, mm. uh, I'm always uh, wary. I'm like, did somebody take this kind? Can somebody tell me that this kind was okay? Maybe I need to let go of all that control. But there you are, 14, doing the opposite.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, no, that was a... A very special time. I think in American fabric was, you know, the the, the Grateful Dead, you know, ethos that went with it, yeah. the mythology that went with it, and the circus that traveled around. And it was an incre- incredible safety net and hmm. and and place to explore. And you know,
1: get so in, you had you a, a crazy first uh, experience at a Grateful Dead. At a
0: Grateful Dead concert, and then throughout that era, um, yeah, it was incredible. Psychedelics changed my life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Tell me how. That's, that's I love it.
0: Yeah, I mean. Um,
1: what was the first one you remembered?
0: Yeah, the first one I remembered was um, was at, at at a Grateful Dead concert, probably in about 1990. Was one of the first trips that really uh, left an indelible mark mm. onto a uh, you know forming the person that I that I wanted to be. I think um, stronger than others, or stronger than others. I think you know there are so many metaphors to really kind of explore this conversation, but if you sort of take it this is a really basic kind of like if you were going to explain it to a fifth grader right please so you
1: know who you're talking to no 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 no. but i mean for for, for
0: it's it's a good one it's sort of so when we talk about like um uh animals uh, other animals dogs or cats who can see things and hear things that we cannot yeah or how you know birds scatter right before there's an earthquake the moment there's before oh. yeah all of a sudden <sighs> and then like a few seconds later The earthquake happens. Wow. So, I mean, all that's telling us, right, is that there are other frequencies and channels out there that are right in front of us and right inside of us that our neurochemistry is just not attuned to mm-hmm. that our species it's like an not- old
1: computer that doesn't have wi-fi or something yeah, yeah i can't find okay this that's
0: another good metaphor love it that's a really really good that's a really good or I got the apple 2g or I'm, I'm still running you know you're running an old processor yeah you know and so yeah, yeah, you're yeah. just all you're doing is just expanding expanding your frequency range yeah you know, and so when you are doing that, um, I think it really gives. And you're doing that with you know your set and setting is right on, and, and you you feel good about who you are and what you're doing it for. I think you really re- reevaluate your place in the universe.
1: What is a good set and setting? Because I I I always whenever mm. I hear that, I'm like, mm. okay, uh, I'm not even trying to be funny. Like be, probably like a beanbag chair would be nice. <laughs> I, no no bit. Yeah. Some sort of. Uh, a lamp that has, like, an orange sheet draped over it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, no bit. This sounds right. very, well, a lava lamp would be welcome. Like, well, I'm that's sure the it would setting. be great.
0: That's the setting. Uh-huh. Yeah, the set is actually, I think, more important.
1: What is the set
0: The mean? set, it means... I set.
1: always thought set and setting was just, like, no, no, place no. and
0: location. No, like.
1: no, 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 no. That's
0: the <laughs> setting part. The set is your own internal barometer of how you're doing as a human being. You know, are you the right person to do it? Only you can tell yourself that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know,
0: that only you can answer that. So if you are, um... You it's know, like so,
1: your dad said on Mad Men, you don't set off <laughs> See, You know, uh, I stopped thinking still, about crashing I've your boat. I've still never seen that. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I've,
0: I've never seen it. I've, oh. I've, still, I've still never watched Mad Men. It's so weird. I'm, oh. I'm just waiting. I'm just, I don't know what well, I'm Well, one for, of the
1: but. characters takes acid with your dad. Yeah, and, yeah. I've heard. Uh, it took me a while to realize that it was supposed to be your dad, because it doesn't really look like your dad. Right. And, uh... And he goes, well, Mr. Leary, I, I don't like your, your chemicals. And he goes for the vodka and he takes the cap off and it sings opera music. Mm. So it's like, but that's TV tripping. You know, that's not really uh, quite right. Yeah. So, so I, set is, sorry. Set is
0: about, you know, the, the analysis, your self-analysis. Of your human condition, of your spiritual condition, of your emotional condition. Emotional intelligence, emotional stability is just as important.
1: Yeah, I'm assuming you've read The Lazy Man's Guide, to Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, (laughs) I use that stuff, those techniques, which are like techniques to get you through a a trip, too, as well, just when I'm uh, feeling any sort of anxiety or fear, you know what I mean? Because in that book, he says... uh, the things that have pulled him out of a bad trip is saying, what was it that you thought needed to be loved? Mm. So you see some like weird snake creature and you're afraid of it. And then he remembered like, well, what was it that you thought needed to be loved? The snake creature. Like say, yes, don't resist the snake creature. Like it's, it's scary and hard to do, but like, even if I'm feeling like have a nightmare or something, like you just have to kind of not resist. And I suppose that's the inner world of set. That,
0: that's the inner world of set. And it's, um, but you know, it's, we're talking about methods here, essentially. And, yeah, the, analyzing the psychedelic method, is it's been talked about a lot. There are a lot of great books on it, a lot of great people who have talked about it. But the method, to me, and I'm I just kind of bringing it back to earlier we were talking about spirituality and Ram Dass, Ramidi, as you were calling it Ramidi. Him. Yeah, it's like <laughs> being attached to, to the method in and of itself, however you are going to get to the one, yeah. you know, and, and and erase all of that fabric that is uh, constructing your separateness, yeah, you know your differences between each other, and we're seeing that so much around around the world today. It's like separate, 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 and you know it's like right. uh, those, those damn Muslims, it's not those us damn Christians, too, but, yeah. 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 <laughs> and so just you know exploring these methods, whether it's yoga, meditations, psychedelics, whatever it is, they're all valid. They all have their place
1: for sure, you know. But as Ram Dass says about method, he says you don't want to end up a meditator; you want to end up free and you yeah. don't want to be a guy who takes acid you want to end up well you don't want to be attached you don't want to
0: be attached to the method like
1: right. oh my god I've got to just but then you know. like you have to be in it to get out he says like mm. the crazy thing about method is they only work when they trap you right so he's like you need to get trapped into being i'm a meditator before you can like be liberated from the trap and get the benefit of it yeah which is crazy so but you know he got frustrated mm. with what uh, yeah,
0: I just was. I was just kind of ex- exploring that because I think you know I do, I love when Ramda says that and it's cool. It's really potent and stuff like that. But for me, I can only speak for myself. Is that one of the things I lack in how life? Very
1: leery of. Yeah, you. right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I lack I lack discipline. That's one thing I lack in my life. I've had to teach myself discipline, how to be a disciplined person, how yeah. to get up and do something with my day. Yeah. So I still require being attached to the method. Mm. Like, I need to get up and sit in the morning, meditate in the sure. morning. Like, it, it's a essential ingredient for my life. And I sing kirtan, too, and, you know, do mantras and all that kind of stuff. In the morning? In the morning. To it, a recording? No, just with my little instrument. And ah! sit there in my little room and... Making squeaky noises. That's great. You cha- have an auto harp or whatever uh, it's It's called? a harmonium. Harmonium. Yeah. And, yeah, and it just, it works for me, but, like, or or in 12-step, like, going to meetings. Like, yeah. I need to be attached to these methods because otherwise I get back to that flailing in the wind thing. It's right. It's no, no good. No good for me. I understand. Yeah. So.
1: And maybe you, uh, you don't mm. renounce it till you die. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but in that last moment you go... Hey, don't freeze my head, and I'm done with AA and then, and then or, or yeah, NA or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. But are you in that? Uh, I'm interested. Ramdas talks about, you know, uh, LSD putting you in the in the awareness, and it, obviously, I think it was uh, Maharaji that says this will put you in the place with Christ or whatever. This will put you right right next to him. Yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. But then Ram Dass also talks about he's like. I think sometimes that taking acid actually made it harder for me to um, awaken, or whatever, whatever he would call himself. Um, meaning, what is your take on LSD takes you there, takes you to this amazing place, but then you always get kicked out? Well, let's talk about the Ramdas story. Please.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, you know, the first, what brought Ramdas to India was his frustration with having to come down. Yeah. You know, here he was, you know, Larry and Alpert and Harvard and Millbrook and changing the world and the 60s happened around them. Incredible stuff. And there he was. He took acid every day for three weeks in the gatehouse at Millbrook and uh, incredible revelations. But the frustration was that he always had to come down. Right. So as a map for consciousness, which is essentially what we're all seeking here, by the Mm -hmm. way, whether no matter what path you're you're on, you're on, you're seeking a map for consciousness. He always had to come down, incredibly frustrating, you know? So it, it, it wasn't applicable to his day-to-day life in that sense. It was like, great, I can have these incredible revelations, but so what? Here I am, depressed and grumpy and kind of schlumpy and just kind of schlepping around, not knowing what the hell I'm going to do. Goes to India, finds this guy who never had to come down, right. who gave him this map for consciousness. Mm-hmm. Never had to come down. He was always there. There he was, laughing, sitting on a blanket, throwing apples at him. Mm-hmm. That's it. He didn't even say much. Maharaj didn't even really talk all that much, you know. Mm-hmm. He just was there. He just was shining because he could see. He never had to come down. So, you know, once you once he he, he learned to kind of he went from Alpert to Ramdas and learned how to adapt these practices and really get from the more into the heart space and then to sort of it's an interesting relationship, kind of going the opposite way, but analyzing your brain's consciousness through your heart. You don't have to come down as much, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and he chooses to look at it through the lens of love, just love everybody, love everything, love the wall, love Pete Holmes, love this microphone, love the podcast. And then when he went back to psychedelics after that. You know, and that's uh, an important thing. He didn't stop doing psychedelics after he met Maharaji. Right. You know, it just was a very different relationship because he could just see that that was just another reality to dancing. It wasn't a reality to go up and then come back down. It was just another reality. It was a lateral move mm. as opposed to a vertical move. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: So did, did he, I've always wondered this, did he never or hasn't yet gotten to a place where he's just kind of always twinkling? <laughs> I know that's a maybe that's a Ram Dass question but I'm kind of like it seems to me like he'd be like he never got to the place where he took three pills of LSD and was like got anything stronger sort of thing He <laughs> no, still tripped because that's what happened yeah. with Maharaji he gave him and the it, three pills and he was like nothing did, happened didn't work right yeah uh, didn't, didn't work
0: the yogi medicine is, 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 as, as Maharaji yeah. called it
1: yeah hey
0: as far as anybody that I've ever met um in you know, I've met a couple, you know, interesting sadhus in in, uh, in India as well. But Ramdas twinkles pretty bright, yeah. you know, without taking anything these days. I mean, he, he shines pretty bright. Sure, he gets annoyed and, you know, like we all do. But so did Maharaji. So did Maharaji. Yeah. Oh, my God. Maharaji's favorite... Word was jowl, which yeah. means get out, you know, <laughs> leave, go. <laughs> Maharaji, you teach me how to meditate.
1: Jow, beat it, go away, <laughs> scram. What do we, what do uh, we make uh, of miracles? I mean, so Maharaji sounds to me like you've met mm. some modern Maharajis. <laughs> I, I haven't. I haven't met anyone on
0: that level. Well, I've you've met, met some. I've met people. some interesting people, and and some people. Um, I, have I ever seen somebody perform a supernatural? What do we miracle? do with no. them?
1: Yeah, know okay. I haven't. What do you do with them? Where do you file them? The, mi- I mean? the miracles. Ramdas will mm. tell the story of uh, Maharaji mm. uh, and the guy, the rich guy, who uh, you know this story. I'm sure you do. The rich guy who was like very unimpressed. Oh, was, yeah, like this yeah. guy doesn't even talk, and he's just sitting around, and what a waste of time. Mm. And Maharaji's like, before you go, uh, write your wife a letter. you heard this, and he writes like, uh, "Dear Janet, um, how are things? I'm very disappointed. I'm coming home. Did you water the plants?" Did you take Debbie to the dentist? Mm. I love you. And then he sat on the letter for a moment, and then in a moment he gave him another letter. It was a letter from his wife that said, Dear Dan, things are well. Debbie went to the dentist. Yes, I watered the plants. I'd say more, but the tall man in the turban is insisting I reply quickly. Mm. <laughs> so, And everyone laughs, of course. All these hippies on the recording laugh, and it's a great story. And, and then Ramdas goes that's fun. That's a, that's a, that's a miracle story. And that's just fun. It's cheating. He calls it, but then he says a miracle story makes you wonder if it's true because, and that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to make you wonder what is you go, is that true? Right. And then you go also what is, what is true? And like, what could be true? So Mm. it's kind of like a, has a stretching quality to your brain. It does. But do we believe that story? I suppose.
0: I do. I mean, I have no reason not to. You know. I mean, so many of the Ramdas, uh, the Maharaji stories that are told not just from Ramdas, or so many so many people. Um, I don't see why I wouldn't believe them. I mean, I wasn't there. Yeah. But um, you know, from otherwise uh, people who are not. Uh, you know, the interesting thing about um, about Maharaji and and a lot of the early devotees, the Western devotees, is these are people that were cynics. You hmm. know, they were not. You know. They were not just, you know, new age sort of wackos who were just looking, you know, oh, my God, every, you know, everybody's a light worker and everything's just like the, this, this miracle maker. Mm-hmm. You know, they were. So do I believe they happened? Sure.
1: But in India, it seems like everybody kind of has space in their brain for like.
0: It does, and it, it does seem that way. But it a was, miracle, yeah. But and I was going to say, that I think one of the reasons why I have never seen uh, a miracle performed like this, and, and with my own two eyes, is because I don't think modern India today is conducive for that reality. I think um, you know Maharaji was one of the you know he was one of the last great saints to, mm. to for.
1: It's uh, not that way in India anymore. No, really,
0: it is not. Uh, I mean, India is still amazing. It's still powerful. It's still potent. It's still worth doing. But, you know, it's juxtaposition with the modern world is
1: it's encroaching.
0: It's encroaching. There's and, too and, many
1: value meals.
0: Yeah. It, and it's and it's just, you know, the pollution and the the, the hunger and the water problem and the, just all of it. It's sort of a difficult It's the abode of contradictions. That's one of my mm. I have a good friend who who calls it that. You know, yeah, you have this amazing spirituality and these people who are just drunk and high all the time on God. You know, yet uh, there's no clean water to drink. Yeah. You know, how, how can this all happen at the same time? So, you know, the idea of just, uh, you know, these these uh, infinite amount of mystics living in the Himalayas in caves and just stumbling upon them and watching them levitate in the forest, you know. Right. I don't think it's uh, – it's not really in the cards these days in, in India.
1: But that's the last place we have. <laughs> I know, man. Well, we have
0: Hollywood. Oh, we yeah. We have
1: Hollywood. Uh, you want to see a guy levitate, I got a green screen. Exactly. I can make you levitate. Exactly. It'll be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that's that's. Uh, I just, uh, sorry, three, oh, <laughs> that's what I wrote down. Uh, the three weeks that they were doing acid every day. Yeah, I, I remember. It's in the Harvard psychedelic club, but I don't remember. I Never
0: read it. I didn't read it yet.
1: Uh, I haven't read all of it either. Yeah. But um, they t- they talk about Ram Dass says he's like things happened that even we didn't believe. And I'm like, what is an example of that? Like, what do you what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all these people take acid every day for three weeks. Yeah. And they're like, we didn't even believe what was happening. Were you reading each other's minds? What, like, what was happening? Do you have any idea the potential for groups of people taking acid together?
0: Uh, no. What I think, uh, yeah, sure, of course I do, and I've, I've done a lot of. Have it. you I've, had any
1: of that? Sort yeah, of thing? I,
0: I think sort of what happens is you get into the um, the space to where you don't need to talk, but yet you can have the greatest conversation that you've ever had. Mm. You know, where you are just surfing the whatever you want to call it. You know the the infinite consciousness. You just of, are. Of, yeah, you just are, and you're surfing that infinite consciousness of perfection, and you're just you're in you're in that dance together. And you don't need to talk. So I think that's what was kind of going on in in uh, you know the three weeks in the yeah. house at Millbrook. It was just a little bit of a.
1: Do you ever you know, mind reading? Uh, do you have a mantra that keeps you stable when you're taking a psychedelic? Do you try and keep something in mind? Are you saying um, yes to m- it? Or are you yeah trying I'm, to love it?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I have, you know, formal mantras that that I that I work with. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, just kind
1: of Well, you do them when you're under the influence, I guess.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've never done that. I've never you've meditated while you're
0: I don't know about like, you know, formal meditation, but yeah. definitely, you know, the repetition of of these of these mantras, you know. I I you know, I subscribe to this this theory about the the Sanskrit mantra thing, right? That um and look, man, I'm you know I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. I'm a Please. Pro- I'm a product of safe space. <laughs> I am I'm, I'm a product of of cynicism, you know. Mm. I really am, you know. Oh, I thought
1: you were going to say no. I know this is very Hollywood of me.
0: No, 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 no. Oh, nothing okay. like that. I'm a product of cynicism, you know. I did not grow up a religious person. I grew up an anti-religious person. But I do hold space inside of myself that One of the great inventions or realizations or discoveries, whatever you want to call it, within human existence is uh, the repetition of these Sanskrit mantras. Mm. You know, they work. Mm. In spite of yourself and all of your bullshit, they work. Mm. And if you do them, if you just give yourself a break. And uh, Duncan was talking about on a couple. uh, Hey! hey, Duncan Trussell on a couple podcasts ago. (laughs) Podcast! That um, if. uh, you know Richard Dawkins or, or Sam Harris or any of these guys. You know these fervent uh, atheists. atheists, or atheists. Yeah, if they would just kind of go and give this a shot, you know, give one of these practices a shot with all of their heart and mind for just a well, minute, that's, that's something, something I, might happen. They might re- reconsider.
1: That's funny. That's something I've said. I'm like the people that uh, people that believe in God or seem to be looking for God, and the people that don't believe in God. It's not always true, but sometimes you want to go. Are you looking? I know you're looking for evidence of it, but like, are you going inside? Yeah, but
0: that's, you're looking for, you just said it. You just summed up the whole problem. You're looking for evidence of it rather than just going inside and finding the evidence of it within your own heart. And this is the whole problem with the Richard Dawkins movement, which just drives me crazy to no end. Mm. You know, it's that, you know, science has gotten to the place to where everything is quantifiable, whether it's in terms of uh, discourse or ones and zeros or math, but why can't why have we lost our our sense of wonder and mysticism mm. why can't you have that what's wrong with being a mystic mm. and having no concrete answers that you really can't say speak to in or english or way or measure, or, or weigh or measure. Or what's reproduce. wrong with that yeah you know why why do they have to throw the baby out with bathwater? yeah uh, you know? well there you
1: go no they're
0: just taking it too far
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. what uh that sounds to me like, uh, how am I blanking on so many names? We've been doing a lot of podcasts, so forgive uh, me. A little, I'm a little burned out. You're
0: going to forget my name like in, in next week. I would never week, forget Zach. it, Danny. <laughs> um,
1: the idea, oh God, uh, Mushroom Guy, McKenna. I love, McKenna. Terrence McKenna. So the idea of going inside. So it's the idea that we're all kind of like, we're, we're a piece of the thing telling us what the thing is. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what I see when I see a hardcore materialist going like, mm. well, that was this experience and this part of your brain. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just talking to a piece of the puzzle that's saying, I know the puzzle. Yeah. You're a piece of the puzzle. You know what I mean? So the idea of putting the premium back on personal experience and then these psychedelics or like you're saying, a, a good mantra experience or for me, I, I've had wonderful experiences with Kirtan or Breathing or breath or is a great thing. tapping yep. even uh, and getting into some place where you're just like, oh, that's the whole fucking point is there's this whole other thing yes, that yes. doesn't make any fucking sense. Yes, exactly. But everybody's just delighting and doing the disco to the idea that we're like, we have the answers. And then you're just like, it's like I was saying at the beginning, we lose the subtle thing. And if you just went into that space, if you did the work to get to that space, you would remember – Oh, I am just a piece of this thing, and we don't, we don't, we can't even get outside of it long enough to to point at what it is. That's exactly it,
0: and there are a gazillion examples of this in the modern world. Like, yeah, I mean, take take the Beatles for example, right? I will okay, I mean, the best, right? You can't just say that. Oh, it just happened to be these four guys who got together and they were really talented, and it just they wrote some good songs, and that was that. Right? Something bigger happened. Right? That. Something bigger happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Uh And
1: that's a great example. And it's a mystical example. I agree. Or love is another go-to.
0: Love is another go-to. Making love with your beloved is another go-to. Something else is happening there.
1: I've I've said when I try to explain, like, the first time I told my girlfriend I loved her, like, the, the, Mm. the story is very bland. But, like, when you employ... Metaphor suddenly start getting, I can give you the chills, you know what I mean? You'll be like, oh, I know what that's like, even though it's completely off the map. Love
0: is a great one. Interpersonal love with with, with someone special is such a great one because you get into that space and you're like, "Uh," you know, love, you can't quite define it. It's undefinable, but there you are
1: and you're just feeling so it's transcendent. But I like to say, leave the transcendent where it belongs. Transcended. Like we can't, (laughs) we can't yank it into this space and that's okay. We can visit it you know what i mean but like when we want to jar it and sell it yeah. i mean lsd i guess is pretty close <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it's pretty close
0: yeah you can't jar it and sell it that's 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 good i just yeah.
1: what's so like we have everything it's nice to have one thing that we can't ever fully have and that's the and that's what makes life a, a mystery and, and worth exploring
0: that's what makes life. exactly and and with all of these things that we're talking about and like with psychedelics we're talking about psychedelics i mean the great realization that I've had every time I've taken psychedelics is this. It's that these things that you're feeling or seeing or experiencing or whatever drug it's on, you get that feeling like, oh, you've seen this all before. Mm-hmm. It's all in there somewhere.
1: Well, that's what Alex Gray uh, talks about. It's like, why are these images that he paints so familiar? It's uh, like, why yeah. do you see them? And you're yep. like... Yeah, no, I get that. And McKenna talks McKenna about McKenna talks about that too. He talks yeah. about every night, and I happen to agree with him. He thinks every night when we dream, lucid dreams, and the dreams we remember are only the tip of the iceberg. He thinks every night we're going really, really, really deep and into that. What when sort we're sleeping? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He thinks you just don't, you can't even come close to remembering. It's like DMT. You smoke DMT and you come down, you can't even talk <laughs> about a transcendent experience. I haven't done that either, but like mm. I've been with somebody when they smoked it, and the moment they were done, <laughs> I was like, "What was it like?" And they're like. Man, another jazz. Like if you have to ask, you'll never know.
0: Yeah, well, that's the, that's also the great uh, talent of Terrence McKenna is he's one of the few people who could really articulate it. Yeah, so well, not too many people can.
1: Traveling basketballs. Yeah. <laughs> right. you know, uh, <laughs>
0: if uh, you know most people who, who take DMT, they're just like, dude. Yeah. Oh, whoa,
1: what, yeah. dude?
0: You know, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like you can't come back, and but he could.
1: Have you smoked DMT?
0: I have. Yeah, lots.
1: Lots? Yeah. Get out of my face. Yeah, did your dad man. smoke DMT? Yeah.
0: He did? Yeah, yeah. Oh, did he talk about that? Yeah, I don't know if he wrote about it, but... Um, That's interesting. Yeah, I thought sure. DMT
1: was... I mean, it makes sense. Of course it was around. Oh, yeah. Did you, have you had uh, psychedelic experiences on DMT or LSD or whatever, or whatever? Uh, have you had that sort of, in the movie, mm. dying to know which is wonderful, and we keep promoting it. And by the way, it keeps coming up on the podcast. I I mean, I've been the biggest uh, plug of that movie ever. I think it's great. And it's not that easy. I don't want to put down (laughs) other movies that try and tackle the subject. It's not that easy. I enjoy all of them, but like a good movie about it. It's like nutrition. Like there's some really bad nutrition movies that I've watched that I've gotten. All the food movies? Yeah, I've gotten something really... Invaluable out of them, but they were so boring. I'm embarrassed that my girlfriend sees me watching. Are, are
0: you a vegan? By the way? I am a vegan. Okay, I want to get back to. Are that, you but go on. Yeah. No, I'm not. But I want to.
1: Are you yeah. a? Ve- a veg- what do I? What, I'm trying to see how holy you are. Are oh, you a vegetarian? I'm not. I was. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not.
0: I, I was for for a while, for a few years. Um, and uh, I won't forget until I wasn't.
1: Question. Well, what do we do? I went to, out with Duncan recent, not recently. Mm. I, I barely see him. He's one of those. He's one of those guys that I just feel so deeply connected to him, and I never see him.
0: Yeah, me, me too. Me too. It's like we don't hang out that much, but when I do, it's awesome.
1: We should all three of us hang out. That'll be a good but, excuse. All be, four. Pardon me. But, I don't really know you as well.
0: <laughs>
1: but we went out and we. Uh, he,
0: he got this crazy new house, by the way. Did he? Yeah, which you should go to. It's in Pasadena. Pas- a new house in oh, Pasadena that he just moved into. It's good for re- him.
1: Really cool, though. So. I'd love to yeah. see it. Yeah. So we go out, and I'm a vegan, and uh, I'm a seagan. I eat fish, so oh, okay. he'll he'll right. eat. Uh, uh, a cheeseburger or something. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, it's interesting. You're you're one of the more mystical people I know, and you're just fucking owning eating a cheeseburger. And he went, because life is cruel, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I get that. I understand. But wh- mm. what are your thoughts? On By that? the way, I, I'm a two drinks, no longer vegan guy. Like I was oh, – okay. We just talked about this on the David yeah. Wayne podcast. I know Aristotle. I'm sorry. Aristotle's a great vegan. I consider awesome. myself a vegan, but I also consider myself not married to any system of beliefs. You know, any, not, Nothing fundamental about me. Well, well, uh, so two drinks. I had two martinis recently, mm. and we walked by a Shake Shack, and Shake Shack is one of my cheat places.
0: Were are in New York or something? Uh,
1: we weren't. We were in Chicago. Oh, okay. I already told the story. But we turned it into a meme where it says, uh, "I'll show it to you." It's mm. two drinks, no longer vegan because I look <laughs> so happy and I'm eating a Shake Shack burger. Oh, okay. So I and I kind of like that sort of flexibility. I'm playing with it, a I, lot. I call myself a fleegan as well. It's flexible. It's never yeah. rigid. I don't want to be a, a Buddhist or a meditator or a Taoist or any of these or a vegan. Yeah, I just happen to eat mostly vegan food. So go on.
0: Well, I, I've um, uh, I'm recently I'm very high on this cowspiracy movie. If you watch oh, Kasperzi, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I just I was so reluctant, so pissed did they off show to, to watch slaughter it. footage and uh, stuff? for a second? It's, okay. not, it's not the it's not the. Ju- I'm going to watch it. The um, point of the movie is actually it's uh, the ethical part of it, the the killing part of it is actually the minority point in the movie. The, yeah. the main point is the environmental damage that we're doing. Like if
1: you it e- is eat the, a chicken, it's like the same as like, oh, like punching a tiger. Or it's something. like
0: a quarter pounder from McDonald's or whatever. is uh, 650 gallons of water. Yeah, to get you that one quarter pounder. And That's yeah.
1: Fuck my dick. Yeah, Talk it's about and, and
0: but the, yeah, I mean, but the and the stats and, and and the data that they will over pound you over the head with. You're a little bit like. You walk away jarred, like, why aren't we talking about this? Why isn't this part of the national conversation? And we talk here, California, this is taking place in Los Angeles. It's 100 fucking degrees outside right now. And we're supposedly in this drought, right? And all of the media attention, everything that we we hear about this drought as well, you know, take short, don't water your lawns. You see these signs in Beverly Hills, we're not watering the medians and take shorter showers and don't wash your car, all this kind of shit, right? 20% of the water comes to the urban areas. That's it. Yeah. It's only 20%.
1: Yeah.
0: 80% is for agribusiness. And of that 80%, 50% of that 80% is used for
1: meat. And then the emissions from that meat and the, the farming emissions from the meat, the poop. Worse. And, and it's worse than every plane, train, car in the world. It is. It's, wor- it, that's it's worse. That's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You see a bus like, yeah. leaking fumes and you're like, how? How dare they? You know, and then you eat your fucking chicken sandwich. It's terrible, man. It's so
0: so bad. But the craziest part about it is
1: nobody's cruel, man. <laughs> nobody's talking about it though. But it's I, not part of the national conversation. Why here's is that? Why vegans are so annoying? And I say that as one of them, yeah, militant is, vegans are really crazy annoying. I, I believe that. And yeah. I certainly am not militant. But even a even a non militant vegan is yeah. annoying because it's a type of awareness. That it challenges and disturbs other people's awareness. Yeah. So if you get to the point, and I remember when I first became a vegan, you started thinking of meat as murder. That's such a easy Got cliche. Yeah. But then you start seeing billboards for murder. So when you see a quarter pounder on the side of a bus, and you see the close-up footage of what you know is the bodies of thousands of cows, you no longer mm. go mmm, and you go ah. And then people are like, "What's no, wrong?" No. And you're like, "I saw a, I saw a murder on a bus." It's annoying to me. It's annoy. I annoy myself. I'm a self annoying vegan. It's easier to go. Life is cruel, man. I'm not <laughs> making fun of Duncan. I'm just saying yeah. it, it's fucked. We're all fucked. And he just eats the burger. And fuck me, I ate a burger. You know, about a week ago. But like. It's so, it's just another thing like death, like our own death. Okay. Nobody wants to hang out with the guy that's like, you know, you die. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you die, right? yeah, I'm just trying to watch the ball game, but everyone on the field dies. <laughs> <laughs> everyone that remembers you and your dad and anybody yeah. dead. Talk about the phone stop ringing. Yeah. Everything stops ringing. Nobody wants to hang out with that guy. And and the vegan is the animal equivalent of that, can be the animal equivalent of that guy. So it's an, a okay, level of awareness. That's here's
0: disturbing. the crazy question, though, which I'm, this is the one that I'm wrestling with within my own consciousness and looking around the world around us, is all this new information has come to light, right? Yep. Like, we, with a lot of the data is out there. This is a conversation that's being had but then you eat the mcdonald's hamburger anyway yeah in
1: spite of what you know well it's because now why why, what is it within why do we do that that's crazy it's so crazy it is crazy because we were without excuse as the bible would say (laughs) (laughs) the heavens declare the mcdonald's declares the savagery of meat so those are without excuse but the idea that like uh we know and we and we don't we don't care
0: Oh, That's, we don't do anything about it. We do it anyway. Yeah. It's like, how? What is it with inside of our our, our DNA? Why, why are we so hard coded to to self destruct? Well, if
1: other types of let's let's say it's evil. If other types of evil, certainly wasting all that water is evil. Yeah, of course. Uh, and certainly, nobody, even meat eaters, are feel great about the idea of a sentient being being uh, killed, and being mistreated, or being gene- yeah. genetically modified. Of course. Even when I ate meat, I was still kind of like, shit. You know. So you're yeah. putting it out of your mind. Uh, but we do it anyway, and i 'm like if if that is evil, if other types of evil produced fat and salt and sugar, like we would be more forgiving of them. You know what I mean yeah, like if uh, like some horrible disease also. By, a byproduct of curing that disease in the hospital is Chicken McNuggets fly out of the back of the hospital. Yeah, but the... F- right, <laughs> right. That's a weird analogy. Yeah, man, but... Well, you know fu- what I'm saying? But- We're like, ah, Uncle Tony got boop-bop disease, but pass the honey mustard. You right, but I mean? the
0: food one is it's, it's it's a little bit more complicated because it's such a long tail. You know, it's like, if you looked at the smog statistics for um, Los Angeles in 1973, right? Like Los Angeles was like, a thick cloud of constant smog all the time, right? Then we finally got to the point where we're like, okay, well, this is bad. I don't feel good when I go out to play recess. My kids are getting sick. Um, we're developing lung disease. What are we going to do about this? Oh, catalytic converters, right? Let's just cut that out. And then, you know, the smog isn't nearly what it was yeah. you know, at all. We right. fixed that problem. Right. But you eat the McDonald's hamburger, right? Knowing it's complete shit, you know, the slaughter, it's just, it's an awful thing. You know, right. this, this cow was trapped in a cage, just whatever. It's an yeah, awful, sure, awful sure. thing. But the negative effect, it's like, you know, you're going to eat nothing bad is going to happen right away. Oh, I know. Nothing bad is going to happen right away. I'll and do- on and on and on and on.
1: I'll join right? you on another one. Yeah. Here's a good vegan anecdote. I'm in New York. I go to New York. I hadn't been to New York for a while. You know, I go several times a year, but it, it was. You know, three, four days in the city, and it was just rough. like we were going around and there was a lot of like horns honking and pain mm. and like it's mm-hmm. crazy it, like a lot of a lot of stimulus and a lot of noise. Yeah. and it was particularly New Yorky. New Yorky was New York was really New Yorking itself, you know, and then we would duck in, Val and I would duck into a restaurant, and we're, bo- we're both vegan. She's more of a vegetarian, but it doesn't matter. We're m- mostly uh, vegan. The temptation to order f- meat was three thousand times greater than it normally was mm. than if I was like a Zen rock uh, garden guy because I was here's because you 're saying we don 't care well, we know we die so we 're always walking around with this feeling i 'm going to die shit i right. 'm meat, fuck, and then you go well at least i 'm not that thing like you almost feel like you deserve your suffering and then you almost want to eat something else 's suffering it 's almost this like death meditation, I really do think it 's like I think on some level, you're like, I die, this is dead, today I win. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it feels good in a caveman way. Yeah. You're like, we're all chicken McNuggets, but today the nuggets are eating these nuggets, so fuck yourself. So, go fuck it. All right. So when you're in the harsh city... Man, mm. that's why I think there, there's more sunshine out here. There's more vegans out here. You know yeah. what I mean, like,
0: <laughs> there are, but you know, it, it's an interesting uh, discussion how we're all complicit. You know, we're all complicit in something in one form or another. Well, you know,
1: we talk, and then your clothes. Who made that shirt? Who made this shirt? It probably came from somewhere in China or oh, Bangladesh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and, my, and as much as I shit on. Nike. I'm wearing Nike. It's like, what the fuck is going yeah, on? Yeah, and, and this is the thing. What I, the fuck is going on? And, and I'm always
0: and and I'm always railing into uh, you know, most of my people and on, on Facebook and stuff are kind of part of the progressive yogic spiritual community. So kind of admittedly and and contradictorily, if that's not even a word, thank but, you
1: for not letting me be the only person that couldn't say words.
0: Yeah, today. I just whatever
1: solidarity, you know, <laughs> solidarity. Thank man, you.
0: Is that um, you know, they're the the sort of uh new age approach to to the world's problems of uh, and it manifests in not caring about the political sphere mm-hmm. not reading the news mm-hmm. not voting and just thinking as Marian Williamson I heard say recently um you know yeah, I'm just going to drink my green juice and do my yoga and it's all going to be cool man yeah. that's such utter bullshit because the reason it's utter bullshit is because you're all complicit If you're paying taxes, you're complicit in the fucking war. You're, those are your bombs, there, man. Oh my god! You know, you all, we all have blood on our hands, man. We do. It's like I, I Ah! (laughs) it's fucked up. It's fucked up. Those are your bombs. (laughs) Jesus fuck. You're wearing your Nikes. You know, I, I, my, 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 I'm an Apple devotee. My phone was made in this fucking Foxconn plant in China. I remember when that
1: NPR thing came out and then he fabricated stuff, but I'm like, he didn't fabricate all of it. Mm. (laughs) He added a narrative to it. I, sometimes I think about that guy and he certainly lied and it was certainly not the venue for it, but I was like, he almost made a myth. You know what I mean? Like he took facts and he tried to make it more compelling. I don't know why that wasn't his argument. He should have been like, I know you hired me as a journalist, but then I became a mythic storyteller because I was trying to evoke a feeling because I still remember that. Unfortunately, mm. I still have a fucking iPhone, iPad, and a, and a MacBook. And I'm not and an even Apple close TV. to
0: be willing to get rid of it. Yeah, no. I'm not willing. I'm not. Yeah. You know, so all we can do, really, unless you become willing to be a renunciator. Life is to cruel, man. Us, Life is fucking cruel. Is bring some consciousness and some awareness to it. So, yeah. you know, you're a gatekeeper. You have a really... Popular podcast, you know, guess a lot of people listen to it, and that's, that's an awesome responsibility. You get to do something about it. Yeah.
1: You know? Sometimes it's just me freaking out that those are our bums. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> to bring, you know, to bring the, it down a little bit. The Mormon religion yeah. has this really interesting uh, caveat, which is like you can only go to hell if you know that the Mormon faith is true and you deny it. Uh, Wait, I, say that again. Wait, say, I'm sorry. The, the only way it. you can go to Mormon hell yeah. is if you feel the, the burning in your bosom that it is true. That Joseph Smith is the prophet of okay. the true Jesus, and you know it, but you still say no. That's how you go to hell. So if you are not, if you don't feel it, and you don't believe, you're not. You go to a different type of purgatory kind of place. But the only place time you go to like a hell place is if you actively. So when okay. you say those are your bombs, you're making me. And when we say a big uh, quarter pounder is 250 gallons of water or whatever, we're unfortunately. <laughs> making people without excuse, which is yeah challenging and, and horrifying.
0: It is challenging and it is horrifying. And, and, uh, you know, one of the upsides to this amazing new beautiful media landscape that we all share and happen or contributing to your podcast, my podcast or whoever's or whatever it is we're trying to do is we can bring awareness to the issues like we've never had before. Yeah. And th- that's a pretty cool thing to watch. Yeah. That's a pretty cool thing about making it this far. To uh, what is it? October tenth, two thousand and fifteen. We've made it this far. It's pretty cool. We're still alive. Way
1: further than McKenna thought we would. Way further, right? <laughs> you know. So those guys were way or, or
0: Orwell or whoever. You know, it's not quite Orwellian yet. Yeah. You know, so we still have a chance to turn this boat around.
1: It's you know, I actually worry that it's going to be because like here's the beginning of the of the end. Yeah. So maybe the uh, NSA is looking at, through my phone, but I'm not doing anything. Yeah, I'm not doing anything wrong. That's the beginning of the end. So not this generation, not the next generation, but the next generation perhaps yeah. is going to be like, of course the government's watching. That's how I know I'm safe. Like I want them to see me mm. making love and taking a dump. And like that idea of basic privacy, of course. We've already given away more than our grandparents would have ever given away. And, and, that, and then that just becomes normal, normal, normal. I think we are kind of steering ourselves. What I'm not sure of is why they want to watch. Yeah. That's what doesn't really fully make sense to me. I don't quite get it either. I understand protecting people, but then if you're going back to the Illuminati, this sort of like, let's really treat them like sheep and control them. To what end? So you can have more trips to Sands? To
0: right. Resort. Or, you could, <laughs> or you have better avenues for marketing.
1: Yeah, you know? yes. And it's then just... what do you do with the money, though? I'm like, what are you going to do? There's only so much pleasure that you can get from controlling all the money and the power. I understand. Maybe you have one of those tahitian like houses that with the rods that go into the perfect blue water mm. all right so you spied on me and now you live in a mansion and uh they bring you a boar and they slaughter and you eat fatty bacon you're still gonna die motherfucker you know what i mean like what the fuck do you have over me yeah. i'm the sheep and you're the shepherd but everybody dies at the end of the day right well what the hell is happening yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, like, how did we get to this conversation? We well, really know. brought the podcast down, man. <laughs> and these are your I... bombs, and we're all going to die. Anyway. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Let's
1: bring it up again. <laughs> have you ever... <laughs> it's interesting, but we're not going to solve that. Okay. Um, have you ever taken a... This was my question before, remember? Yeah. Have you ever taken a, a hallucinogen and had the full experience? In the movie, it's, it shows the guy... Touching the translucent trees. Mm. Have you ever gone to a place? See, when I take mushrooms, I'm like, oh, this looks weird and this looks amazing. But I've never just been like the McKenna thing, five grams in a dark room and just been like, and now I'm in Narnia. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I've never been like going yeah. around touching things, talking to things and like being like – like Ramdas talks about manufacturing whole realities and – uh, whole landscapes. Have, mm. has that, have you ever had that happen?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah, definitely. So
1: what are Ma- you doing when that happened? Are you just on the floor kind of?
0: Kind of on the floor, music playing. Yeah. You know?
1: But in your mind, you're... In your
0: mind, you're you're someplace else completely. Um, yeah, I mean, there are a few kind of, you know, psychotropic combinations that can... Like what? Um um lsd and maybe um, nitrous oxide oh really yeah or or you know mushrooms and ecstasy or or a heroic dose of mushrooms or um, dmt you know all of these things um
1: that makes it more intense
0: you can make it more intense and you can really um
1: but nitrous oxide only lasts it does but it's it's enough to sort of you know kick you into the next kick you into
0: the next place and (laughs) yeah and i mean I'm, i'm sounding like such a you know, burnouts.
1: Did so you get it, it from up. your dad?
0: <laughs> exactly. I mean, can't believe it. No. We're talking about like nitrous and acid, but um, but yeah, you know, I've been to those places. Yeah.
1: What were they? Do you remember them? Um, I know it's like asking you to remember a dream or something.
0: Well, my relationship with those places always has to. Um, it's always uh, has a companion, a music bed to it. Mm. You know, music to me is the great facilitator for. Psychedelic, uh, mm. yeah, more for me, more Never so than it. more so than nature, more so than really. Than, uh, th- I mean, just getting lost into you know Sonic, the so- the in betweens of the of the Sonic journeys is, is what does I'm me. not
1: talking about. Being in the trumpet, in yeah, Miles Davis's yeah, trumpet,
0: in my you know, in Grateful Dead music or Old Genesis, Pink Floyd, whatever it is, and and those are great vehicles to sort of dance in those in those other Mm. places but um you know with the exception of dmt because it is so short um and so uh such a disassociative you know when you take dmt you're just you know you are no longer pete you are no longer zach with everything else though i've still always maintained the consciousness of that oh this is an alternate reality
1: i'm going to come back to the other one Mm. you know oh you've always had the thread i've
0: I've always had that thread and i've always had the connectivity it's only on the do they call
1: that the ego death you've had an ego death on dmt like yeah, completely okay. gone, completely never coming back. You hear those stories about people living other lives and mm. feeling like they were gone for years. You've never had anything that extreme, no. What about anything? I just found out that McKenna took a mushroom trip that he was like, "I'm never doing mushrooms again." Like I, I never, I never knew that, but apparently Dennis uh, McKenna kind of outed him—not outed him, but he was like, "Yeah, no." He, for as much as he talked about mushrooms, he stopped taking them mm. because he had some sort of strange experience. Have you? You still use these things?
0: Yeah, I haven't in a long time. Um, I have. It's been. A, it's been a really long time, and and uh, I mean, I would again under the right circumstances and everything. Um, but sure, I've definitely had. Um, I could tell you an inter. This is actually an interesting story. Um, I have not, um, and don't want to get too hyper personal about it, but I haven't been uh, when I first came into twelve step. it was nineteen ninety eight, and I have not been clean that whole time. Mm-hmm. I've I've uh, kind of slept a couple times, but. Um, during one of those slips, I had a.
1: Do you consider psychedelics a slip?
0: That's another podcast. Ah. That, that, that's a complicated. Because well, old
1: Bill W. Right, he, he was, did acid, yeah, and I and place. I
0: certainly don't want to get into it with. Uh, it's a very difficult conversation to sure. have with people in the twelve step community, right? Um, because their view on abstinence, it's very necessary and it's yeah. it's very valid because these are very heroin is a very dangerous drug and right. certainly but I do think um, the work that MAPS is doing and others are doing around uh, psychedelics and addiction is really hmm. valid.
1: All yeah. right, okay. MAPS is an organization?
0: MAPS is a multi- multidisciplinary association for the psychedelic scientists, sciences, mm-hmm. Yeah, and they are the primary organization on the front lines for legitimate research with uh, psychedelic research, uh, government-approved, hmm. with addiction, with PTSD, and the VAs, with the military, and things like oh, that, wow. making incredible inroads.
1: That's too many letters for MAPS, though.
0: Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> (laughs) Incredible work. I don't want to say one way or another, but sure sure, there are. um, But anyway, I forgive
1: um, me if that was too personal. of a No,
0: no, but I had a really interesting story. Um, uh, last time I, uh, when I did relapse once and I did mushrooms in the middle of that relapse and it was the darkest, most difficult mirror trip. You know, it was just showing me the mirror of everything that I was, that I was kind of doing wrong in life. It was dark and difficult and muddy and it was the muck and it was the work. But, um, Got you me, got, there was, it got me clean again.
1: That was the value. That was the value. I was that's like, what okay. My friend Jordan you know? Bode Roberts, who's a wonderful director and a, a known psychonaut, is uh, yeah. he's like, There are no bad trips. It's just that that's what you have to
0: work at. That's what you have to see. That's what you have to see. And I truly I'm I'm also subscribed to the McKenna thing of that um uh, with the certain plant medicines that are DNA is encoded into them in some way or another. Every single indigenous species since the dawn of man has done psychotropics, Mm. with the exception of the Eskimos, because it's too cold to grow anything up there. But everybody has done it. You're not
1: tripping your balls off, you're freezing your balls off.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So there's something encoded into these medicines.
1: Where would you put, um, because I've been wanting to perhaps try ayahuasca, where would you put, I can't get a straight answer. I have people come on the podcast, and they're like, I did ayahuasca. And I'm like, what was it like? And they were like, it was like a gentle breeze and occasionally i'd see the color fuchsia and then i i talked to people that are like i took ayahuasca and i i moonwalked on saturn well really i saturn walked yeah. but you know what i mean it's like which is it is it is it DMT spread out over 6 hours or is it a gentle breeze up your butt
0: yeah well dosage is everything too yeah. you know i think uh it, well there's a lot of problems with the modern ayahuasca movement and that is um there are too many people who call themselves shamans and all of a sudden there's all these, you know, ayahuasca journeys and shamans appearing in Malibu and Topanga Canyon and <laughs> all of these kinds of things and places to go and do it. Um, some of them are, some of it's great and and God bless you. Godspeed on your journey. But I think there's, there's too much of this. <laughs> Were
1: you speaking to the one person yeah. <laughs> who took ayahuasca and then listened to this podcast? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ah, those are our bombs! <laughs>
0: But, uh, yeah, I do think there's been sort of a um, uh, an abuse of the ayahuasca thing and sure. going back to the well too many times. And so um, uh, the making of it and the dosage of it and the set and setting, there are so many variables that have been thrown off. But I think if you are doing it under uh, the traditional context, like, say, with a shaman in Peru, oh, I yeah. think it's Saturn walking every time and it's not the gentle breeze.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Real nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I know a guy, but it's a, it's a Peru shaman, but he comes here. You don't oh, think okay. that's yeah, really yeah. good? No, 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 that's good. That, I don't want to go good. to the jungle. Too noisy. Too noisy? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> do, you, do you live in Hollywood? Uh, <laughs> just <want> <laughs> Street noise is okay. Yeah, okay. I've been to the Amazon, man. I don't want to, like, it's fucking yeah. terrifying. <laughs> it's not terrifying. It's just noisy. It's noisy. Keep yeah. it down. I'm trying to touch the face of God. <laughs> so you've had some good uh, experiences with uh, ayahuasca as well?
0: Uh, yeah, I have, I've only done it twice. Uh-huh. Um, but of, of all psychedelics, I, I don't feel any compulsion to go back. Hmm. I just don't.
1: You got what you needed or
0: got what I needed. Um, there's the great Alan Watts line. Uh, you know, once I got the phone call, I hung up the phone, hmm. you know, which is, what's his view on psychedelics. You know, I got, Oh, is that? A, a, yeah. I mean, really? it, it, did it changed his life was great but then he could hang up the phone Hmm. you don't need to stay on the phone that's how i feel about ayahuasca for me just yeah it was fun
1: good quote what about mescaline that's like an upper that's a i know we're talking a lot of but it's what i'm interested in today cool
0: (laughs) yeah i i I, yeah i haven't done mescaline is that right never Hmm. yeah that's old school is it yeah i mean mescaline is like (laughs)
1: yeah but
0: you know it was uh um aldous huxley who was yeah, the, you know,
1: doors of perception.
0: Doors of perception was
1: masculine yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I guess I, I'd be remiss not to talk about, a, a, what was it like, because you talk about it, your dad really raised you and was very traditional. Yeah. But I've always wondered, uh, as someone who's trying to become more and more enlightened, what it would be like for me to raise children. What was it like to have a dad that was aware of the game? You know what I mean? He's like, I just don't know what those life lessons would look like. Not saying mm-hmm. that he was reckless, but... Go to kindergarten, but also it's just a dance. You know what I mean? Like, what is what is that? Were there lessons that feel felt different from the traditional?
0: Yeah, but it's like it's one of those things that um, you know, you don't know what it's like until you're out of it because yeah. when you're a kid, you know, it's all you know. And when you're a kid, you're um, you know, your consciousness is such to where you just you know you can't really see the big picture yet. Right. That's just how you're built when you're a kid. So it wasn't until later, you know, considerably later. You know, until I realized, like, oh my gosh, how how unusual this all was. You know, how incredible he was. You mm. know, what an exquisite, excuse me, opportunity he he gave me to to view the world. Mm. And I hope you know one day when I become a parent, I can exhibit some of the the, the same stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, he was great. He was great. But it's
1: hard to not buy into the illusion of uh, meat and iPhones and whatever it is, and, and raising mm. a kid. I think. Well, or certainly built to, you know, uh, works well when everybody's kind of in the clan, you know what I mean?
0: It works well when everybody's in the clan, but also, like, specifically with those two, well, the iPhone example, it's like, you know, the trade-off is that, look, you know, there's a lot of problems that come with this thing, but use it wisely. Use it to its fullest. You know, yes. there's so much you can do with it. Yeah. You know, create content. Do right. cool things. It's like
1: the ring. It's like the ring. I need yeah. to go climb uh, Mount Doom and throw my iPhone in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and it's like, it, it, if
0: you're going to eat meat, too, you know, I'd say... Do it wisely? <laughs> yeah. Do the best you can. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah, yeah. We're all just doing the best we can.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're all just trying to figure it out. Yeah. And what do you think? That's That's really my question for you, is what do huh. you think about reality? What are we doing here? What is it about? What happens when we die? Well...
0: Yeah. I mean, lately, my my thoughts on that has been, um, you know, yes, I'm involved with with spiritual communities and, and, you know, think a lot about what is God and things like that. But my answer to that question about what is reality has to do with what is consciousness. Hmm. And I keep going back to that lately. It's like, what is consciousness? Is it something that is only um, present within, you know, Pete, Zach and John and in, in this room right now, while we're doing a podcast, or is it this disembodied, all-intelligent, all-pervasive love force that's throughout the universe and each one of our personalities has given a viewpoint, a window into it? I think it's the latter yeah oh, I do it would fun yeah I do and and, uh, and I think I think that's what, that's what reality is, I think uh for whatever reason, if you want to call it divine, if you just want to call it scientific, it really doesn't matter. I think human beings are given this amazing window to 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 look into consciousness into right. the greater whole, the bigger whole the
1: eyes of the universe the eyes of the itself.
0: universe and and here we all are, and for some reason, you know let's let's play scientists for a second, let's just take Neil. DeGrasse Tyson route, and the Big Bang somehow equaled this microphone in front of me. Yeah, somehow that happened.
1: Right. You well, know? that's McKenna. He goes, yeah. "Science wants one free miracle." <laughs> I, th- I, th- I love that quote. It would because he you'd be hard pressed to find something more implausible than there was nothing, and then bang, there was something. So I understand that there's radiation and there's evidence of a huge explosion that probably created us, but it's just it's just interesting that we can't. I wish we could be like. Yeah, that was a miracle, and now we're analyzing mm. it instead of being like, one day we'll know why the the single point blew
0: but, up. Yeah, but check it out with the, with the whole miracle thing and like everything that you just said. It's like the novelty is over. I think it's like you know the amazement of like wonder. Oh my God, here we all are, and this, this these human beings are amazing. We can do such amazing things. Like to me, okay, we know that the novelty's done. Now, what are we going to do with it? And I think the nature of reality, and back to the original question. Is how are we going to make peace with it and continue to you know hopefully thrive as as, as a species? Mm. And you know we're 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 making some fundamental mistakes right now. You know we're not getting along as we should be, Mm -hmm. and everybody knows this. I think if you sat you know Barack Obama and the head of ISIS right here in the room, they would all probably say the same thing. We just we have to find a way to get along, Mm -hmm. you know. But yet we can't seem to get this right you know so if we take you know a very esoteric and psychedelic or spiritual you know quasi-spiritual view rather of of the nature of consciousness and the nature of reality that's all great and uh, for a map of the universe that's how i like to look at it but in a very practical sense i just um how are we going to get along how are we going to be better people
1: and does consciousness have a preference or is it like hey man i I always picture a swarm of golden bees and then one swarm of dark bees that that, like kind of goes through the middle that was just something that, like, popped into my head one day when I was meditating as, mm. like, look, the dark the dark bees kind of help you see the golden bees. You know what I mean? So is utopia where we all get along or are we here to no, not get No, no,
0: no, 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 absolutely not. I think the nature of consciousness and the nature of reality is always – light and dark light and dark light and dark and that's right. why things like death are so and that's why the hindus just nailed death because you know you must have darkness yeah you know nothing no matter how much spiritual work you are going to do it is not going to exempt you from the laws of the material world it won't save you it will not save you an asteroid can come hit you a bus a crazy gunman might come in you might get hit by a bus you might get in a car wreck you might get cancer and die nothing is going to protect you from this mm. you know and it's and it's 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 it's, it's the same thing and but, but, however, I don't think that is an excuse for well, oh, if there's darkness, well, then there has to be war. Right. I don't think that's an excuse. I think that is where we can have or a little a bit of just or eat a cheeseburger yeah, or like yeah, yeah. A, from McDonald's. Yeah. I think that's where we can have discernment. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 wrestle with it a little bit. Yeah. And my that's my take. And
1: on. how how else did the Hindus nail death? They're aware of it, and they're like, "That's what is that outlook?" Well, being the, conscious through your death, not
0: well. You know, they, they call death um, the Maha Samadhi, you know, and, and Samadhi, before the Maha Samadhi, you know, Samadhi is a state of, um, of awakened consciousness mm-hmm. of within, you know, your current incarnation to where you're doing so much spiritual work. And you're, you're, you're so in it that for a moment you tune out and you're just one with everything. You're still alive. Mm-hmm. You're still there. And death is just the, it's the Maha. It's the great Samadhi. Mm. It's the great unification with 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 everything. Yeah, you know, and that's all it is. It's just another state. It's just another bardo. It's just another place to go.
1: Well, Ramdas teaching you know, in your dad's passing to love death as much as you love life, which is very very tricky. I'm not ready to <laughs> die,
0: so I, I yeah. I mean, I could say all this, and we could talk about this on podcast. But like, I certainly, if, if death was coming for me today, I, I would really hard not ready. I,
1: I said I was just on a yeah. small small plane it wasn't even turbulent and I was mm-hmm. trying mantra and I listened to Krishna Das and all this stuff <laughs> and I was like fuck it man I want to white knuckle it and, and really really I, I feel Ram Dass coming through like a delicious trip of just <laughs> being terrified of death <laughs> yeah. like I was really in that moment being like man it's all out the window I don't want to crash I don't want to scream and I don't want to die yeah uh but God, I hope, see, that's why I'm like, since we all know we die, we should all be doing the work to have a conscious, you know, the, Ram Dass t- says that quote where he's like, love and death are the great gifts that most people leave unopened. Mm. So the idea of instead of what we do, which is sedating and medicating, so you just kind of slip out, That mm. that's what most people are like, no, that's a good death. It's like, get the morphine going, you're in a hospital and you're basically tripping probably. Yeah. And then you're gone. And that's a that's a good death. Mm. And then here, uh, m- the majority of the of the Eastern world would be like, no, you're supposed to be there, and you're supposed to you're supposed to be present. You're supposed it. to be present. Yep. In fact, the whole purpose of being present your whole life was to be, remain present in your death. Yep. And because you could die at any moment, you should be present constantly. Because as you said, gunman, asteroid, whatever.
0: Yeah, but the yeah the tra- and the great paradox of the human condition, I think, is that um, as we get older you know and you start aging a little bit you finally kind of start to have some of this figured out this life thing you know mm-hmm. you're you're a little bit more confident you're a little bit more you're a little wiser you know it's it's you know i think youth is wasted on the young all that kind of shit when you're 22 years old you're just kind of like ah uh. yeah and then as you get older it's kind of getting better like you said at the very beginning of the podcast it's like you kind of like aging yeah yeah and the, so that's the kind of thing and that's the great paradox is that like how do you get older I'm starting to get in a little bit of a groove and figure this stuff out a little bit then all of a sudden
1: it's over yeah Shit. I know oh
0: man like yeah. well, you know like I, I all people I know have gotten old and died my dad included you know when he was 75 years old he was peaking he was on fire yeah you know he was firing on cylinders this is all you Bell's palsy
1: e right before yeah. the pilot <laughs> right now. We all get all palsy before the I mean, pilot. There you go. Like, yeah, it's so. You know, of course, not literally. <laughs> My superstitious self. I'm like, not literally. <laughs> Hear that mold? Such a, so interesting. Hmm. But it maybe it doesn't go away. I mean, it seems to me like the this awareness and this this idea of you. Ramdas would say, "I know when I die, I'll continue," sort of thing. And I hold yeah. on to. I don't know how conscious I'll be or. If I'll know that I'm continuing. Yeah. Living, I, but. Well,
0: you know, that's also the age old question is like, uh, what is consciousness, but what is our personality? Yeah. You know, what is this attachment? And all of a sudden, you know, you've taken form as Pete Holmes and I don't think that exists. I don't think that carries on. I don't think Zach is going to carry on as, as I know and love it, but my, everything that made up my energy and my, my life form and right. my, my, my prana, my life force is going to continue on and go somewhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it is kind of sad, I guess. Of course it's sad. You spend all this time packing a storage unit with all these books and records and photographs. And then right at the last second, you just like fucking Wesley Snipes throw a lighter into it. And you're like, let's do that again.
0: And there you go. And it's like uh, I listened to your Elizabeth Gilbert podcast. The the last one. So good. So good. Yeah. And and, and she she, was great. She was great. And she was talking about that. 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 that moment of aware or not that moment, but sort of that phase in life where you can start you, you know you can start stripping away all of these ways that you 're spending your time yeah. in order to do that thing that you 've always talked about doing, but you never do yeah. and it's like yeah if i 'm sitting there and i 'm binge watching Mad Men, yeah, I probably have time to do something else that 's right, you know Although I, like, you should watch, I, yeah, yeah, I should watch yeah I should watch mad <laughs> Men and and i, I probably and I probably will <laughs> but there 's no excuse for me not no, to no. be doing i 've got the time. So, yeah, that's it. That was the greatest part of that podcast. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, that's exactly it, man. Yeah,
1: Wow. Well, then I think there is an excuse, unfortunately. The excuse is the, the, just the weight of being conscious, I think, is, is heavy. The weight
0: of being conscious and the weight of, uh, you know, one of my greatest existential struggles in life is the weight of uh, taking birth into this world around us. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're born well, anywhere these days, you know, you can't, you have to... You know, you gotta pay rent or you know, buy a house. You gotta have a car. You gotta put gas in the car. You gotta pay bills. You gotta pay taxes. You gotta do all of these things. You gotta have some kind of job. Yeah. You know, you can't just check out and go live off the grid in the jungle and live off the land. It doesn't right. exist anymore. Right. You have to exist within these constructs of the modern world, and that, for a lot of people, I get it. You know, I know a lot of people like, uh, you know, fucking Rogan on his podcast is always like, just man up, man up, and just you know stop being a pussy, but. I don't. I don't subscribe to that. Says that. Yeah, it's
1: hard. It's hard, man. Being Water. life. Yeah,
0: and yeah, I, I, I don't like that bit either. But like, it's it's hard to be alive. It's hard to be alive. It is
1: hard to be alive. Well, and, and I
0: have compassion for those who struggle. I, I do. hold out. I do.
1: Me too. Yeah. I I hold out for the hope that maybe we're outside of time and we, maybe we come back and it's like eighteen ninety eight. <laughs> Why does it have to be linear? Why, like, right. if there is reincarnation, why do I have to come back? Let I die today. Why do I have to come back in a week? You know what I mean? Uh. As, like and pick up from here. Can't I go back? It'd be nice. Well, Ramdas would say all your incarnations are happening simultaneously, and then also nothing is happening.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: If you need someone to regurgitate Ramdas at you, just call me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh very oh man, I you gotta go to the retreat, man. I know. No, I'm very confident that it's a very good excuse and everybody's kinda like, who knows if this is his last one sort of thing.
0: Oh that's well that's always the idea with every one of them. It's like you know, any moment.
1: Yeah this could be it. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, yeah. All right. Uh well that was great, man. Thank you so much for doing it. Let me look at my notes to make sure I didn't forget anything any little experience on Andrew Wheel. I like that Andrew uh, Weil in your movie was like, he took acid, and he was like, and the implications of what it was telling me were to drop out, but I didn't want to do that, so I just shelved it for a while. <laughs> I just thought that was so great. because cool. I think people think you take it, and you see the truth, and then you're kind of like, well, now I have to become like a, a, a sadhu or whatever. And, you know, you know, you can become know. a best-selling nutrition guy. And it was great that Andrew was in the movie, too. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, a great shirt, very soft-looking. You don't remember his shirt.
0: No, I don't. I the don't remember A golden the
1: shirt. silken shirt.
0: Oh, I and just remember his big beard. His big beard is just so yeah. like,
1: oh. He had a beard before. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, well, to cleanse the palate, and uh, you probably know from listening to Liz, we always ask the one of the times you've laughed the hardest. Uh, can you think of one?
0: One of the times I've laughed the hardest?
1: Yeah. Um, As someone who's done nitrous, I'm not even trying to be funny. You've, you've laughed at some nitrous. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've laughed at
0: some nitrous. I think maybe um, when I first discovered George Carlin when I, was a, oh, really? when, I, when I was a teenager. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was probably it was one of those laughs that I remember that was just the most. Where were you? Uh, um, actually, in I think 1988, 89, both my dad and George Carlin did a co-headlining event for the Albert Hoffman Foundation. Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't know who George Carlin was, but until uh, that moment and, uh, watched this go down. Yeah. And like,
1: oh so you saw it lying. God, this is just,
0: yeah. That yeah. was one of those firsts.
1: Oh, that's great.
0: That's when I fell in love with.
1: Did stand, you think your dad up. was cooler? Was he just like a dad and you're like, dad, shut up about
0: acid. Uh, no, <laughs> he, he was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, I did It was pretty cool. I interviewed, uh, Trixie Garcia though. Oh, you did. Cool. And she was like, I didn't think my dad was cool. <laughs>
0: Oh, I don't, I don't know. I can't believe that. Ah. I don't believe if Trixie was here, I would have to call her. On yeah, it. I don't know. Jerry well, was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, no, cool dude. A cool man. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This was amazing. I, I was really looking forward to it, and it worked oh, out. And it let's be friends. Me. Yeah, man. Stay, say, say, uh, keep it crispy. Cool. Um, Thanks for having me. Oh, you have to say it. Oh, ki- keep it crispy. Keep That's, it crispy. Sorry, I, I didn't make it clear. Okay, I'm going to do it again. We end the podcast with the guest saying, "Keep it crispy. And keep you- it crispy." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Now leaving
0: dot